1: to cancel too soon. The podcast where we review television series the last in one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online and BloodMouse.com. Everybody calls me Bibbs.
0: My name is Whitney Seibold and I'm not the morning zoo guy. (laughs) I am
1: the morning zoo guy. Uh, My name is Whitney Seibold. I'm also
0: also a film critic of some stripe. I uh, write for... Uh, Crave Online and the Legion of Land, Blumhouse.com and Nerdist.com, and Nerdist.com and whoever else will have me. Mm. And also and, the co-host of the B Movies the co-host podcast of the B Movies Podcast from, from whence we, we hail.
1: And uh, this week we have got a very special, very big, very epic, very awesome, very eh episode of Cancel Too Soon. Uh, it is our fiftieth episode, everybody. Ooh, all right. right. And we we're wanted to celebrate. Cake.
0: we have Sure.
1: We, we each have a cake. I have a daggett steak. <laughs> uh, we, we, have a, we want to do something very special. We want to do one of our most requested shows, a show we've talked about doing a lot, and we wanted to bring on a guest who was one of the first guests we wanted to bring on the show originally. Took us this long to bring him over. We have Mr. Scott Mance from Access Hollywood. Yes. How you doing, Scott? Yes. Thank
2: you so it much, gentlemen. First of all, to, to be able to represent the, the pinnacle of film criticism.
3: <laughs> on Access Hollywood.
2: Where people go for
3: in-depth <laughs>
2: film <laughs> reviews. Hard-hitting journalism of the last billiotard. Like hit. like forget about like film threat. Pauline Kale would be so proud <laughs> sure. of the film criticism.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. That is represented. Pauline Kale wouldn't spit all over that at all. No, not at all. Pauline Kale wouldn't but, pick that but, off but of a shoe with a p- stick. A, like, oh.
0: F Cair <laughs> du cinema.
2: But you know, film is is my wheelhouse, but it all started for television with me because of two shows Uh both of them canceled too soon one of those shows was the original star trek canceled too soon after three seasons the other was canceled too soon after just one season Mm -hmm. but like star trek it it kind of kept going
0: in its own way didn't it yeah Yeah. in a weird way and we'll talk about that in a a minute in a weird culty sort of like star trek had its cult and uh it from what I understand, it wasn't until it was in syndication that it really sort of grew its cult. Absolutely. Like, when on a social run, it wasn't quite that popular. In syndication, it became huge. That's when the convention started. It was the 1970s. Yep. Uh, The show we're about to talk about (laughs) Uh, didn't quite reach that level. I don't think there were conventions centered around it. If there were, they were much uh, lower profile than Trek. Once in a while, they have them. But they were always there next to Trek. Kind of. Right. You, you always find mm. the, the costumes from this show It was the red-headed the stepchild sun. of sci-fi yeah. Yeah.
1: And and you watch it and you can mm. see why it, it feels like it's uh, a little derivative It stems from so many other things mm. but then it, it does and it doesn't It does and it doesn't mm. But it kept going, it kept going into consciousness And it became a big deal many years later uh, But let's talk about the original The influential The influenced Battlestar Galactica Let the attack
3: begin
2: By your command, Imperious Leader. The most spectacular space adventure ever produced for television returns. Battlestar Galactica fights to escape a ruthless alien force from another star system, sworn to annihilate the entire human race. Launch all Vipers.
0: Should we fail, no one will survive. Battlestar Galactica, the lone survivor of a once great fleet.
1: In a moment, Battlestar Galactica. Battle Star Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Uh, one of the worst titles for a TV series. Wrong! No, Wrong. I didn't no, Let me tell you I why. I love that I'm going to tell you why. Battlestar Battle Galactica? Galactica? It has,
0: and, it that has is a great title. <laughs> <laughs> let me it tell has, you why. It has vowels and consonants right where you want them to be. <laughs> Battlestar
1: Galactica. Yeah, and good. I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna tell
0: you why, that, why I say that.
1: Hmm. It's because I agree with you guys, but we are nerdy 10-year-olds. Hmm. I have known so many adults who I could not get to watch even the new, rebooted, Fucking brilliant, brilliant reboot of yeah. Battlestar Galactica because the title sounded silly. Because the title sounded like a Saturday morning cartoon show. Mm. Well, the biggest flaw for
2: the rebooted series, which is definitely one of the greatest television shows of the 21st century, easily is the title because the show is so grounded in... In reality, mm. in current events, it is mm. the ultimate post 9 11 series. Kind of is, yeah. But mm. it is set in space and it is called Battlestar Galactica. It's a, it's so a tough sell.
1: Looked down on And it I was like, on the Sci Fi mm. Network too, which right. wasn't a help. Yeah. But no every, one respects the Sci Fi
0: Network. But every
2: <laughs> episode of that series, all 80 plus episodes, if you include the specials like uh, uh, the Pegasus episode, mm. uh, is brilliant. There's not a wasted moment because after the second season of that show, they knew they, knew they were going to wrap after four seasons. Mm. So so they wrote
0: to it. It didn't meander like Lost did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or or many TV series. You know when when X Files. Uh, uh, Amer- yeah, American TV programming. You know when they have a hit on their hands, the the instinct is just to push it as far as you go. And when you compare American TV to like TV from Europe, you know, European TV shows either they last fifty seasons or they last two, and or one. Or yeah, or just or one. Or just want some. Yeah. And each season is only like six episodes. They they realize that it's actually better to work more efficiently, mm. and they can do more with less. Yeah. Uh, American TV doesn't quite understand that. They, they want to it milk it as far it. as they can go. So you we have got to sell that advertising. So you we have, have need to keep a, it on the air all year. You have a nothing show like say Friends, which lasts ten bloody years. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> no, Friends is uh, Friends isn't a class. Bite, Friend, so. uh, uh, Friends. Friends isn't the best
1: example of this. But but you know yeah. what?
2: Here's the thing. Uh, okay, fine. Galactica. Walker, Texas Ranger. Fine. You talk about the original Star Trek, which is a show show that I discovered in syndication in the mid-70s, and that's when I became the massive, diehard, Mm. passionate, almost lifelong Star Trek fan that you see before yourself today. But I was there watching... Battlestar Galactica when it premiered in September of 1978 Mm -hmm. as a a nine-year-old kid. (laughs) And a nine-year-old kid who just the year before had his mind blown by a little low-budget independent film called Star Wars. Yeah. And here was a chance to watch
1: Star Wars every week on TV. And that was... Who made
0: Star Wars? Which one was that? uh,
1: It was uh, Steve Lucas. Steve Lucas. Steve Lucas. Uh, Steve (laughs)
0: Lucas Star Wars was one of the best movies of the 1970s.
1: 1970s. Sure. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of the key to unlocking Battlestar Galactica. Oh, because, definitely. Because, okay, so Star Wars came out in 1977, Battlestar Galactica came out in 1978, aired on ABC, premiered on September 17th, 1978, opposite the 30th annual Emmy Awards.
3: So okay. That's fun. Oh,
1: wow. And, and this is how big the mm-hmm. premiere of Battlestar Galactica was. Mm-hmm. People on the
2: Emmys that night were, were referencing Battlestar Galactica, yeah. saying, for those of you who aren't watching <laughs> Battlestar Galactica and are actually watching the Emmys tonight, mm-hmm. like, thank you. Like, yeah. like, that's how big, there was so much hype, there was so much push. Mm-hmm. The exposure that Galactica was getting, because it was basically pitched at and sold, it's for Star, better or worse. Star Wars the series. Yeah. Star Wars the series. Mm-hmm. So it came with uh, huge expectations and mm-hmm. also
1: a massive budget. Yes, mm-hmm. this is not a cheap show. By today, this wouldn't be a cheap show. Right, this yeah. is an expensive production. A lot of sets, a lot of visual effects, a lot of stock footage that they'll use throughout the entire series, because there's no fucking way we're filming that twice. And by the way, the stock <laughs> footage was used so many times, they even used it in the reboot series. Yeah, I know! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. There's the same <laughs> shot of the Viper landing like yeah. every episode of the new Battlestar Galactica as a gag.
0: Um, <laughs> I-, I thought they were really graceful about that. They were about They about were using okay. footage they but were but okay. You know
1: what?
2: Listen, if you look lot. back at the original Star Trek, how many times... They showed. Go around the, the same sick, planet. same over planet. Yeah. The they just switched, changed the color of the planet, but it was the same stock footage of the Enterprise going from left to right across the screen.
0: The planet was the moon of Io. Uh-huh. They used actual, you know, as- astronometric pl- uh-huh. pictures. For is a that right? Yeah. Should, but the the, the man, red one with the spots on it? You taught Scott, man, something about Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was not, well, just something about astronomy, perhaps.
1: Well, fair enough. Balsar Galactica was created by the great Glenn A. Larson, or as he is better known, Glenn Larsony. <laughs>
0: uh, the the TV Aww. producer who's that's a in toman t- San Diego. I think Harlan
1: Ellison quote uh, coined that phrase. Uh, his <laughs> the majority of his career was making absolute crap or hit series that were ripoffs of better things. Mm. So, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica was the TV version of. Star Wars, uh, but we, was
0: it? But it was. You know what? But was it? I, yeah, it was. I, I think it was, and I'm going to speak to this point. We'll, okay, we'll I'm going to speak it against
2: it. it, but you go first. Yeah, yeah. It.
0: Well, I, I think watching Battlestar Galactica uh, made me realize that we used to think differently about Star Wars. I think now we've come to think of it as sort of like the template to which all other films now aspire Mm -hmm. uh, and sort of the the mythology within it. And I think it's taken on a different sort of tone in our minds Mm -hmm. as time has passed. I Mm -hmm. think in 1977, when it wasn't just a kid thing, when adults were also going to see it and adults were trying to process it, they saw it as being something a little bit more psychedelic, perhaps. They saw it as a little bit more... Heady in terms of the way it approaches death and the sort of mysticism that surrounds it mm-hmm. and the way it sort of took those well, 70s fashions and put them in sort of this psychedelic space setting. Well, try to I imagine that it, it was a lot more disco and it was a lot more psychedelic try to, at, in 1978 try, try to, try to Then we try to think of it today. We don't we, think of Star Wars as being sort of disco and psychedelic or even a product well, of the 70s anymore. That's the thing is we think of it
1: as the first... Star Wars mm. Star Wars didn't come out in a vacuum there had been other sci-fi stories everyone was trying to put it in the contemporary context now it feels revolutionary and of course it was immediately but, but the initial but you look at the films that spawned right out of Star Wars uh, they weren't copying Star Wars they were just doing other space opera shit mm. Star Crash yeah okay? Battle um, Beyond the Stars Battle Beyond the Stars the Message from Space the, these are very uh-huh. Euro trash kind uh-huh. of movies Flash Gordon Galaxy of Terror
0: yeah That'll be on the surface That though.
1: worm yeah. scene is just still terrifying. <laughs> uh, so we've got uh, so with Glenn but, L- Larson, the
0: producer but, of Manimal,
1: who we've oh, already yeah. covered before. Yeah. Uh, My
0: point was going to be Battle Circle yeah. Star Wars and Amber. It's, yeah. it's what they, yeah. what Star Wars used to be.
1: Well, okay, I really real fast. I want to get through the creative talent right. so we can move on and have those conversations. Uh, it was also produced by Donald P. Belisario, who produced JAG, NCIS, Magnum Pi. and this will be important later. Quantum, Quantum leap. leap. We'll explain why. <laughs> I know where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> it's really fucking weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the pilot costs seven... fracking weird TV you, Cal. Apologies. The pilot costs $7 million, which is absurd. It was originally planned to be a series of TV movies. Correct. Mm. And then they were so popular, again, the first couple episodes were a huge hit, that they rushed to make it a TV series, mm. and therein lies the tragedy of Ben Or does it? I, I am a does. defender...
2: I am the, the staunch defend? defender of, of the shitty star episodes Galactica of Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Because, <laughs> yeah. because th- think about Battlestar Galactica. The reason I still watch it mm-hmm. repeatedly to this very day is because of this. If you look at what Glenn Larson was doing back in the late 70s, okay, he did Battlestar Galactica in 78, and then he did Buck Rogers in the 25th century in 1979. Mm-hmm. Here's where the shows differ. Battlestar Galactica was imagined from in another star system, they had to create an entire culture. Yes. One that is sort of rooted in Egyptian culture mm. because of the uh, the infrastructure on on the planet Caprica. But here's what's crucial: it was another culture in another galaxy that could be in in, in the timeline of things. It could be Earth's past. It could be t- it t- could take place in Earth's future. Mm. Now the only thing watching that show today, the only thing that gives the time period away. Is the hairstyles?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. hairstyles the are only, really. Like, like if late 70s. you look at
2: Richard Hatch and Dirk Benedict's hairstyles, that's very much late seventies. The same hairstyle. Mm-hmm. However, Buck Rogers in the twenty fifth century was it was a vision of Earth's future from the from the vantage point of the late seventies mm-hmm. of disco. So Buck Rogers looks very dated, mm-hmm. whereas Battlestar Galactica, in many ways, is pretty timeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: And uh, something, one of the greater strengths actually is... how it doesn't really play into I, I said it was like sort of disco and psychedelia inspired but it doesn't play into sort of the trends of the time mm. and uh, it is so taking so many cues from Star Wars it's actually taking that timelessness as yeah. well because Star Wars is a long time ago in a galaxy far far away mm-hmm. and even though Mark Hamill's hair is, is murder these days uh, <laughs> and, and those disco survival exactly. boots exactly yeah late uh, 70s yeah. It's, it's the late 70s but yeah it does take yeah. place out of time and I think that allows audience that suspension of disbelief a little bit more easily. Yeah. Uh, Buck Rogers, because it's set in the 25th century, and because it's so steeped in the the night. I watched Buck Rogers when I was a kid. So uh, yeah. uh, did I. <laughs> Tweaky is great. And hold on, well, Erin
2: Gray is one with the earring and those really tight outfits. Mary, oh, uh, mother of God. <laughs> You stay classy, Scott.
0: I think it's more fun, but it's more fun before those campy elements because it's the sort of dated vision of the future. It's also
2: tongue-in-cheek.
0: Like yeah, if you're watching for if you're sure. watching
2: Buck Rogers, you know, the first Un- episode, Awakening, yeah. is actually fantastic. It was directed by Daniel Haller, who directed many episodes of Galactica. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, should have, it, it went on to become a series when it should have just sort of ended with yeah. that first Awakening. But we're digressing.
1: Back on point. Yeah. Uh, for people who haven't seen the original mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica or the reboot, mm-hmm. uh, the premise of the show is as follows. It is the distant, far reaches of space. Mm-hmm. Uh, alien race but, that is human. And uh, presumably either inspired the human race, colonized Earth eventually, or is another offshoot of whatever race, colonized Earth. Uh,
0: they have been having a long... We, we don't know what year it is, and in fact, they don't yeah. even use the word
1: year. That's... Oh, we'll talk about, yarin. That. Yarin. We're gonna talk about that. Yaren. we to talk about that, so fucking annoying. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it in a bit. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> see, uh, uh, okay, so they've been having a long-standing war with a race of reptiles called the Cylons, or, depending on who's pronouncing it, the Cylons. Uh, and the, the alien race of reptiles, we only ever f- see one of them from behind. They've actually created an army of killer robots that look
0: awesome. Uh, that our, do all the our, fighting for them and are shot with the the 1970s best star filters. Yeah, John, he,
1: <laughs> John Borman borrowed this star filter to make Excalibur. Like that's how much of a star filter it is. There, it's just big shiny blue. There's
0: more star filter in this than there is lens flare in a J.J. Abrams well, film. To, to expand
1: upon your 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 uh, uh, the
2: backstory of the Cylons, you know they they were these reptiles who built built the machines in human form to carry out practical functions. That they themselves were not able to do. Right. Mm. But the problem is that they built them more powerful than they were, and they were basically it. It, it, it caused their own demise. Mm. So when the actual reptile Cylons went the way of the dodo, the machines lived on and carried out their. Uh, uh, their I guess their own their programming evolved.
1: Yeah. Which was to exterminate humans. Yeah. At the beginning of the. uh, It's
0: never explained. Is it explained in the new series why they want to destroy humans?
1: It's complicated.
0: It's more no, it's right. complicated because it, it's with, not it's not simple. With it's the new not, series, yeah.
2: with the new series, uh, it it really draws its inspiration on. It. It's not just the original show, but also uh, uh, shows like Blade, uh, movies like Blade Runner uh, mm-hmm. about artificial intelligence and what it means to be human.
1: Mm-hmm. Because in the reboot, the uh, the silence have also uh, evolved their technology so that they can look like humans, mm. uh, and then that raises different questions for them yeah. in terms of assimilation into cultures and uh, well, whether they'll be affected by the People they're planning to conquer and colonize.
2: But the original show was more black and white. You yeah, know, the really humans black were good,
1: the Cylons were
2: machines, yeah. they were bad. And yeah. then the the, uh, the pilot episode, the three hour pilot that aired on September 17th, um, this this part is actually edited out when they show the movie version of Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. But in the three hour pilot version, there's an exchange between Apollo and, and Boxy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's Jane Seymour's uh, Serena, her son. Where he's explain—it's exposition, really—but yeah. he basically explains the backstory. Okay, yeah. this is who the sounds are. This is why they're not here. This is why the machines are still around. And no, we cannot turn them off, Boxy. You stupid yeah. shit. Everyone <laughs> hates Boxy, just like everybody hates
1: Wesley. Wesley. At the, at uh, no
0: more kids on starships. Uh,
1: at the beginning of Battlestar it, it, it Galactica. It Worked
0: on Earth too.
1: <laughs> the one time. At the beginning of Battlestar Galactica. Here's the basic plot of the pilot. Uh, humans and Cylons are going to have a treaty. They're going to end the war forever. But Gaius Baltar betrays humanity, gets every single human being in the galaxy killed, except for the ships that happen to be part of Galactica's fleet at the time, and for a shit ton of other colony planets that they run into throughout the entire series, but we're not going to talk about that, nor are we going to colonize those planets, even though that would solve all of our problems. (laughs) Moving on. So they're running from the Cylons, no, they're, tra- they're attacking they're tra- the Cylons. They're, tra-
0: they're trying to hide. They're trying to hide. Well, well, uh-huh. well basically,
1: but when you're talking about yeah. it, uh, Balt-
2: Baltar, was, uh, he was seduced by the dark side of the force. Now, no, wrong franchise. No, it you has know, nothing bo- to do with Baltar it. He's just a self-serving dick. He made, he made a deal with the Cylons. He said, I will help you exterminate all of humanity except for my colony in exchange for being the leader of my colony and a leader within the Cylon Empire. Mm -hmm. And the Cylons, basically the imperious leader who's the last remaining real Cylon, Mm -hmm. uh, he said you think we're stupid that you would see your own race destroyed? Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're going to destroy your colony too, and we're going to mm-hmm. take off your head in the process. Yeah, Thanks for selling out your own race, but you're done. <laughs> yeah, we're not <laughs> going to trust
1: you. You're a traitor, by exactly. definition. No. Uh, so he has to wheel and deal and whine and dine his way in order to survive throughout the entire series, which they handled more elegantly in the reboot. But here, he spends most of the series reclining in this awesome easy chair, <laughs> legs akimbo, which is on the
0: <laughs> Top of a uh, yeah. column, yeah, with
1: a flashlight
0: on well, his it chest. Apparently, at the top
2: of a column. Then yeah. in the later episodes, they're like, you know what? We need that soundstage for other things. Can you just make his uh, his uh, uh, leader area a little more
1: compact? Thanks. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and he's got this flashlight under his face, like he's telling campfire stories, and yeah. he just <laughs> says things like, "Bring me the Galactica," and then the robots are like, "Fuck it, sure, but, but I don't guys, know." He's played he by an amazing Lucifer.
0: actor named John Colicos, and yeah, his his sidekick is Lucifer, who would have scared me as a kid. Yeah, he really. I mean, it was voiced by really?
2: Harris from Lost in Space. Yeah. yeah. But, but un- in the, in un- the pilot episode, Harris, you got to keep yeah. in mind that watching the pilot episode mm. in 1978, again, this was Star Wars on a small screen. The, the special effects shots. Even though they were used they were used, uh, ad nauseum in, mm. in later episodes. They're still pretty good. They're still
0: great. They're still great. There are some they're, shots. There's still some, like, like, compositing and matte lines There is yes, yeah. a
2: shot of a Cylon raider, you know, like one of the little Cylon fighters, mm. doing a dive on the Galactica. And because the, the, the models... And the special effects were so detailed because the special effects were produced by John Dykstra, who was a mm. who was a ILM guy on mm. the original Star Wars. So he took everything he learned on Star Wars, applied it to Galactica. So when you're having the detailed chips and the the, the uh, used look of the Vipers, you know, that mm. they weren't sl- they were sleek, but they looked like they'd been around for mm. a very long time. It was
1: a military craft like yes. they have been they'd seen some shit.
2: And I'll tell you, yeah. I'll I'll take the colonial Viper over the X-wing fighter. Easily. It's a, it's a better looking it, ship. It's a more it's, maneuverable ship as well. It's a skinny little fighter yeah, that uh, not that you need aerodynamics in space, but mm. for the for for what you want a little tiny little fighter to do, mm. it makes more sense to have a viper than it does to have an X-wing fighter.
0: The the designs are so similar though. They're, they're practically the same well, the, ships in a well, lot of ways. They're
1: both based on actual
0: planes. The, the Galactica and all of the, the ships in the Human Armada are... They're all designed after the Star Wars ships. You know, that sort of plain white with a lot of detail on yeah, it. It's, it's the exact same aesthetic. Those ships could be in Star Wars. Or Star and Trek, I, to be fair. No, Star Trek was a little bit more of an innovative with their design. They were kind of spindly and weird looking. But, uh, they, but, they weren't these sort of big chunks with a lot of little chunks on top of them. Uh, so... And and those vipers look like they could have come out of Star Wars as well. Are they I, so I, I love he the he didn't just take what he learned from Star Star Wars. He took well every design element from Star well, Wars let's and just lifted it wholesale.
1: Because actually, after uh, Battlestar Galactica was released, 20th Century Fox sued Universal oh, for stealing yeah. 34 distinct ideas from Star Wars, and Universal, to their credit, countersued, said, no, you guys ripped off our movie Silent Running, also all the shit from Buck Rogers, and it ended up sort of settling out of court. It went on for years. It went on, yeah. like, long after Galactica was even canceled. In fact, I think they actually tried, like, they, they all gave up on it, but it was still on the books. You know, it's an ongoing court case. There was, there's
2: a lawsuit that goes, like, it, as, as Galactica was progressing into its uh, run as a series, you know, there was an episode that took place on an ice planet. Well, mm-hmm. the next movie in the Star Wars saga took place on an ice planet. Yeah. so sure then they're is. like, "Oh, well, like, who, who's going to get who's going to get their their thing out there yeah. first? Well, Galactica yeah. because it was a TV show. Yeah, but the, the the story of Galactica, you know, people say, "Oh, well, it's a rip of Star Wars," but basically, Glenn Larson. Was uh, a Mormon, and he took a lot of the spiritual ideas mm-hmm. presented in Galactica from his own faith, hmm. and a lot of the values. They're subtle, but they exist, and they're they're brought to the fore in a later two-part episode that I think represents the pinnacle of Galactica, mm-hmm. called War of the Gods. We'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. But but the the idea that okay, well, you got these twelve colonies in space. The human race is almost annihilated. Adam otherwise known as Adama, mm-hmm. decides to uh, base, uh, uh, build a fleet, uh, an armada, leading an exodus out of their 12-colony star system to find the lost 13th colony, which settled mm-hmm. on a distant planet called Earth. The original concept in the early 70s was that Adam, as the character was, was leaving Earth uh, after a massive destruction, to find life elsewhere, mm. but then they flipped it and said, "Oh well, instead of us leaving Earth to find life elsewhere, why not take place someplace else and look for the Earth?" It's sure. really—it's it's, a
1: really it's, clever idea. Yeah, because it gives it lets the audience in on something that they don't know, and it gives us a vested interest in their destination.
0: I like oh, and, where are they going to end all, up? Well, it's you know? also classically oriented—the Book of Exodus. Right. So it's—it's it's terrific.
1: Yeah, and are they good? Yeah, are they going to end up like mm-hmm. spawning our race? Is this like where the Egyptians came from? or are they going to show up now and that's where it's going to show up and I remember even when the, they rebooted it that was always the question like the gag was that uh, oh they're going to show up right now and George W. Bush is going to shoot them out of the sky mm-hmm. like that would that was how, where a lot of people thought it was going to go well that was how that was where the
2: original one went I mean you know yeah. and, and you know like even towards the end of the very last image of the first season of that one season that they did for the original concept you know they showed that image of the moon landing but mm-hmm. like how long has that been flying around in space? The implication is
0: yeah, it could have been years. Yeah,
1: it could have been forever. Yarns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay so. Well,
0: all, all, all I took that to mean is that this is the future, not the distant past. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, let's talk a
1: little bit about <clears throat> the uh, terminology that they decided to make up for us. <laughs> <Excuse> <laughs> Uh-oh, here we go. Well, first off, I will say it's really, really clever. That they made up their own swear words. Excuse me, I have a really big cough. Frack. <laughs>
0: <coughs> Delta carb. <laughs> yeah. Fra- frack is a good one just because it's really strong. And uh, it sounds like what it's supposed to be. Exactly. It, I feel yeah. it works. I've, I haven't seen all of the new Battlestar, but I saw the the big three-hour pilot, and it felt so unnatural in in the new one. They were trying to keep that one really kind of militaristic, really kind of grounded and kind of realistic, <laughs> and... Uh, when they when they start saying things that aren't actual cusses, it, it kind mm. of just highlights kind of how fantastical that show is. Yeah. Uh, whereas this one, it is you know people are wearing robes and everything's really kind of starry and hazy and the photography is really great. So when they say "frack," it feels a lot more natural in yeah. the old I, I mean, series. Listen, I, I went through a <laughs> of
2: time when I was like uh, mm. went up for for years. Where if I was in a, a situation I had to like let one out instead oh. of saying the word that we normally use, <laughs> I would say "frack" mm. uh, or uh, "what kind of Felder carb is this?" I mean, yeah. and, you know, if like when they when they were talking about, it gets a little confusing when they when they get into the the time yeah, uh, references. The, like a yarn is uh, obviously a year, uh, but then they uh, have what like, is a micron? Like what a is a micron? centon? A micron, I think, is a is a second. A centon well, is a minute, right?
0: Well, cent uh, micro those are. Uh, Metric system. Mm-hmm. So a centon, a, a I think, is one one hundredth of an hour, perhaps.
2: But so like, like but, when they're using like uh, the, when, when the when the Cylons were oh. when, uh, t- uh, going to attack the Enterprise when they had them on the scanners enemy closing, ninety microns or ninety uh, cent. You, you mean the Galactica? In, the Galactica. You said the Enterprise. Did I said the Enterprise. You did.
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You're fired. Uh, here here are the ter- here are the time units that they use in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, you looked them up. Okay. I looked them up. There's a Millicenton. A
0: Millicenton? A millicenton. <laughs> what
1: is a, that? A okay. centon. A, a Centaur, which a is confusing <laughs> enough. A Cycle, a Secton, a Quatron, a Qua- Sectar. I don't, re- I don't remember Quatron. I remember Quatron. I was very confused. I remember- a a yarn and a centuron. centuron. I never heard Centuron before. But yeah. like, like, even like in one of the later
2: episodes, I think it's like Greetings from Earth. The guy from Emergency One, I forget his name. Mm. He actually says
1: to Apollo, he goes, Apollo, what's a Centon? Yeah. <laughs> because honestly, I'm watching this and like yarn is pretty straightforward because it sounds like what it is. Okay. But... I'm watching this fucking thing, and the people tell like, "Oh, I'll see you in a centon," and I'm like, "You'll see them in a month." <laughs> like, I don't know what these words mean. Battlestar Galactica. Mean said, un- see in a cent See in a minute. <laughs> un-
0: unfortunately, uh, it's like you know how many. How- the actual number of crew members on the Enterprise, it kind of changes a little March bit from time to It's 28, sometimes it's more than that, sometimes it's yeah, less. so yeah. like, you can tell the showrunners didn't have that strict a Bible, they just had the terminology, <laughs> so they were just kind of they were writing as they go. And I'll, I'll forgive yeah. it, it's fine. Yeah. And because of, you know, like I said, the slang and the photography, it, it, it all feels like part of this universe. I think it's really clever for them to use these fantasy words for their time.
1: It feels really well put together. And yeah, I mean, visually, dynamically, visual effects-wise, it has similarities to Star Wars. But what I think is keeps Battlestar Galactica feeling separate from Star Wars and from Star Trek, mm-hmm. even though they kind of make up the trifecta of that <laughs> level <laughs> yeah, of like do. in-depth mm-hmm. sci-fi storylines. And, and,
0: and Battlestar's right in the middle, too. Well, it's, I, it's I don't know if it's history. A,
1: maybe, I don't know. Because I look at Star Wars, and Star Wars is... Basically a fairy tale in space. Exactly. All right. You got, the, you, got, you got the farm boy, you got the Black Knight, you got space wizards, you got the pirate. It's all of these fantasy tropes in space. Star Trek... It's science is, fiction. It's science fiction, but it's also in its construct. Don't think about the way the stories play out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's a little bit more like a Western series, in that you come across a different town, it's got a problem, you solve the right. problem, we well, all learn a valuable lesson. Black and train to the stars. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Battlestar Galactica, and I think it loses its way a while. And I think this is one of the problems with it. And I think it's one of the reasons why it had trouble keeping its audience. Uh, it started off as this is the war show in space. Mm-hmm. This is combat. This is a different mission every week. Right. This is war and its consequences, and people will die.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is when, whenever Battlestar focuses on that, it is great. It's really, really great. That's what Whenever it it's loo-
0: weakest, actually.
1: Whenever it loses <laughs> its way, it turns into stupid bullshit Space Cowboy episodes with well, glitter hats. The, the, there were
0: glitter-spangled okay. 10-gallon right, yeah. hats. There are, there there are
2: some th- stinkers there. But okay. There when, some when, brilliant episodes.
0: When, when Thor Boy shows up, I kind of winced a little bit, but uh, the, the kid with the big wings and the oh, big feathery. Like yeah. Feathery, yeah. Feather, feather, yeah. Feather, yeah. yeah. Aave Aave and, and, yeah we're, getting, I mean, we're getting hit, but, but the thing about, about the
2: pilot episode, which is called Saga of a Star World, that's the name of the three-part episode or the film, You know, because they did show it in theater in theaters sets around. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, when I did see it in theaters in sets around in 1979, it was after the show Ooh, was geez. already canceled. Yeah. Oh, but shoot. it was shot for television and this thing played like gangbusters on the big
1: screen. Mm. It looks great There's a on great, the big nice. There's a great Blu-ray of it. They remastered it. It looks fantastic. It, looks it sounds green. fantastic. It's a, it's an impressive production. That's they, for
0: although it they is, changed yeah. the aspect ratio, which kind of I bugged me a little I think yeah. yeah. they did. The they did, because they wanted to make it
1: fit the,
2: the widescreen TV, and they, yeah. you, you lose yeah. some things. But let's talk about something that's really important with Galactica. People focus on the special effects. People focus on the mythology, and, and they still do talk, like we will talk about, about the lawsuit between uh, a star wars and, and, and galactica but the thing that appealed to me as a kid and this is the reason i loved star trek so much was i liked the characters mm. i liked the characters watching star trek watching the friendship between kirk spock and mccoy i these guys were my friends i wanted to be captain kirk watching Battlestar galactica the friendship especially between starbuck and apollo now everybody says Starbuck was he was like the Han Solo character. He was different. I mean, he was he was a little bit of a rebel, but he was more of a of a he was more of a cowboy. He was
0: he was a womanizer. I saw more of a knife though. Like he was the one who was always getting into trouble because he was a little socially awkward. right. I wouldn't
1: say socially. I he was he was but but he was he was an idiot in a lot of situations. But he was he was great in a battle. So you needed him around, and you respected him, and you liked him, and you forgave him when he did stupid shit, and ended up being the sheriff of another cowboy planet, a completely different cowboy planet. So Star- uh, that that's, yeah, that's a, That's, that's another a lot of one. cowboy planets. So
0: Starbuck was the Raphael. Sure. And- <laughs> <laughs>
1: sure he was. And
0: Apollo was the Leonardo. Well, Apollo was uh, Apollo 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 the hero. He's yeah, the hero yeah, type. Yeah, he was he's, the hero.
1: He's handsome. He's charming. He does the right thing. He he's believes noble. in doing the right thing. And, yeah, you look up to him, and I think it's interesting that when you look at, his storyline begins in the pilot and ends by the second episode. Because he finds love, he mm. marries Serena, played by, by Jane Seymour, Jane Seymour, Dr. Good Medicine Woman, if you don't know her. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he ends up, uh, in the course of it, adopting a young boy, Boxy, the most annoying character we've encountered since Max from Dracula the series. Noah Hathaway. Yep, who is also a and in Ending Story. Yep. Uh, and then she dies, mm-hmm. so he can keep dating, which is great for the show. But now he's got a son. and an adopted son, yeah. On, two, on one level, this works, and on one level, this drives me with the goddamn wall. This is my adopted daughter, Margo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. First off, they completely forget he's an adopted son, and they keep pretending like he's the closest member of the family, which is nice, actually. Right. Because yeah, yeah. as it a is. father... He actually has some nice beats with Boxy, and he's trying to like be a good father, hang out with him, take him on missions, even when it's
2: fucking stupid. And it also, <laughs> it also solidified Apollo's relationship with his father, yes. Commander Adama, played by the legend Laurence Green, Green yeah. who was on Bonanza for what like twenty six years, something, or something like, like that. that. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane.
1: Yeah, uh, and all of that, all of that stuff is great. All the father stuff is great. But then he had nowhere else to go. As a character, he just became this father type, mm-hmm. and that's fine. That's fine. He can be that kind of stoic hero, and he left all of the the flaws to Starbuck, who was of right. course played by Dirk Benedict, and he was who, great in the role. He was who would of course become a face, face man, man on in 18. A- 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 and then never really have that big a career outside. of He was in like two of the most iconic roles of like that fifteen year period, mm-hmm. and then just never capitalized yeah, on that. Yeah, I felt bad well. about that because he's I, handsome, he's, a, he's
0: charming, he's a, well, he's he's a good he, actor. It you know. <laughs> Shatner syndrome. You know, yeah. you can only Type play yes. that one role. You he's can Shatner only play the...
1: handsome guys who do awesome stuff. Well, There's also, a lot of roles for that.
0: Well, <laughs> he, he had he had that sort of friendly, approachable look, and he's so handsome that it might have hurt his career. Actually, maybe but he's he's too good looking. He can only <laughs> cast a good looking guy in certain kinds mm. of roles. Yeah. However, capable an actor he may have been, but but, he... but
2: when you when you watch when you watch the pilot episode episodes, mm. you know they put a lot they crammed a lot into that the destruction of the mm. the. Construction of the twelve colonies is Act One, and, <laughs> and then we get to do a gambling planet. But but yeah, okay okay we'll get to that. But in the get pilot, to the, they in the pilot you get to you have to go through the Nova Madagon to get to Carillon. Carillon is where the care Bears have, live,
1: right? That's, that's where Car-Lot. the Olveons. Oh,
2: Carrolan, sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, the the Alvions are are sort of a human uh, humanoid insects who. Mm. Uh, feed off of humans, but they also, the planet has a lot of tylium. Tylium is the fuel that drives the uh, the, 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 the ragtag fleet on a lonely quest that we see in Battlestar
0: Galactica. Mm
1: -hmm. Resources are a source of a lot of uh, uh, plot. In the show, Absolutely. we're out of water. We're out of whatever, which, and that's
0: I, the, which I appreciate. That's something they forgot uh, about in Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, after, after season one of Voyager,
1: yeah. they just pretended resources were never. Well, that's in the
0: show why Ron again. Moore
2: did Galactica. Yeah. He did Galactica the way he wanted to do Voyager. Yeah, oh, oh, wow. you, showed, you okay. show the Starship Voyager mm. getting wear and tear because it's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and yeah. there's no there's no star base to dock onto to repair the ship. So that's you what know. I always wanted from Voyager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well then like, you should watch more Battlestar. How are they going to get? i Whitney the the reboot Galactica is. It's like you said. it's, it's brilliant, but it really you know, is. so so you get to, uh, you know, the, the the end of the of that of that premiere episode where uh, they blow up the planet uh, to destroy the the Cylon base star. And uh, that has the Imperious Leader on it, but, you know,
1: he's not really dead because there's another Imperious Leader. We um, forgot to mention the Imperius Leader is voiced by and later played by Patrick, Patrick McNee from mm. The Avengers. Okay, yes, awesome. his voice, you know,
2: Patrick McNee, his voice as uh, as the Imperious Leader, the final annihilation
1: of the life form known as man. What's really weird is that Patrick McNee also does the opening narration. Which explains the plot. Yeah, there are you those know? who believe that life, life here, here began and out there. there. All is, across the universe. Which is really weird because there's no reason Adama shouldn't be doing that voiceover. It makes sense if Adama's voice. to do this voiceover. Why is is the villain doing this heroic voiceover about these guys? It makes no sense to me. That's like
2: having uh, Sulu do Space, the Final Frontier. Yeah,
1: it's a little (laughs) random. Like It's fine.
2: No, not even Sulu.
1: It'd be like having... um, It'd be like having... uh, It'd be like having Khan... Having uh, Harry (laughs) (laughs) Mudd. Yeah,
0: that's it. Space, (laughs) the Final Frontier. Oh, (laughs) boy.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, after the first episode... Of Battle Galactica, we had the next one and the first three are big event episodes. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so we'll lead to the second episode, which
2: was Lost Planet of the Gods. Thank you very much. Two part episode. Yep. Which uh now now when uh Jane Seymour played uh played uh uh Serena, Serena in the pilot episode, she she thought, okay, you know, I'm doing this like T V movie and and it's gonna be great. But she did not want the character to be on the series on a weekly basis. Yeah, she wasn't interested
1: mm-hmm. in doing a show. She
2: wasn't mm-hmm. interested in doing the show. So she, she said that she would do the second ep- the story, which is Lost Planet of the Gods, uh, and, the, uh, and the condition that our character was killed off. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, that, but, we assume people have seen the series
1: or that they're never planning
2: to. But, but now, now Lost Planet of the Gods, there, it has its merits. Uh, I think, you know, definitely when, it, when you get into, like, the void and uh, the star, you know, and, the, you know, they go to Egypt and all the hieroglyphics, you know, really ties into the mythology mm-hmm. that we would later find on, that we would eventually sooner or later find yeah. on Earth. Mm-hmm. But the thing, now, the, this episode, basically, the uh, the uh, couple of uh, Viper pilots, uh, Boomer and Jolly, are on uh, an asteroid where they're surveying a Cylon uh, base, and when they get back to the Galactica, they unfortunately bring a disease with them that wipes out... That wipes out, doesn't kill, but it... It, it, it completely incapacitates, it incapacitates all their Viper pilots.
0: the
1: yeah. male,
0: male Viper pilots. Well, they have no
1: female Viper pilots at the Yet. time. Yes. That's the thing, yeah. So basically, like, Boomer, like, uh, Apollo and Starbuck don't happen to not be in the room. Mm. Everyone else... So the Silence attack now, we're screwed. And they have to recruit... Everyone they can get, and the only people who have any flight training are were a bunch of pilots. women. Were shuttle pilots who were a bunch of women who we recruited uh, beforehand. So now they have to take a crash course in mm-hmm. viper pilots. And it's interesting because on one hand, it's cool because you know it's it's you know treating women equally, and they're going to get to be all these badass characters none of them get to become actual characters their viper pilot suits are very hey look there's a bikini on top of the suit yeah, isn't yeah. that sexy and then throughout sure. the series there'll be things like oh are the women viper pilots in there mm-hmm. i'm going to go ogle them yeah, yeah it's a waste it's it's, you it's know a what? little bit sexy <laughs> yeah. it's
0: it's a different time it's a the yeah. distant it is. future it's or, a very <laughs> different yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, the past look at the future
1: uh, i but, feel like well, they try to fix that later on by introducing the character of Sheba. Uh, who was yeah. introduced as a great viper pilot? Yep. I, I um, feel
0: like this is reparations for Star Wars because all of the pilots were white guys right. in Star Wars, mm. so it's That's the point. Yeah. And this is ahead of its time you know, by I actually
2: the, like saying, you know, we need some equality here.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And indeed, we have uh, several characters of color as well. Uh, we have uh, Lieutenant Boomer, played mm-hmm. by Herbert Jefferson Jr. from Rich Man, Poor Man, and the Devlin Connection, and uh, Colonel Ty, uh, played uh-huh. by Terry Carter from the original Sergeant Bilko and from McLeod and the Benji movie. Um, um, they're they're in positions of respect and and power. Uh, and throughout the series, I gotta say the, the, the relationship between
2: Colonel Ty and Commander Adama, those two guys together, mm-hmm. they really complement each other. Especially
1: mm-hmm. towards the end of the series, where or the season yep. turned out to be the series, mm-hmm. uh, where they start being able to have a little bit more fun, and there's jokes about Adama dating mm-hmm. and Ty just you know getting drunk or finding f- clever ways to be mm-hmm. insubordinate. It, re- it works well. It's a good dynamic, I think. Yeah. I thought, I
2: thought, uh, well, I got to say oh, that, that the character development over the course of the series yeah. was, they were fully realized and dynamic characters mm-hmm. all completely uh, stood on their own and were differentiated from everybody else. I didn't feel like I was watching, you know,
1: that the, the dialogue could be shifted from one character to another and it wouldn't yeah. make a difference. Yeah. All right. So we've got uh, two big epic event mm-hmm. episodes And uh, then, uh, oh shit! We're going to series. We got to do something real cheap. Mm. What can we do on the sound on the the backstage? Uh, So we're going to do the Lost Warrior, uh, in which Apollo crash lands on a cowboy planet where there's a cowboy uh, Cylon, Cylon. and there's a bunch of uh, glitter spangled cowboys who want to recreate the movie Shane, and so Mm. they do. Boy, does this feel like it was banged out over a weekend? Okay, and let's let's be clear because this is the point that if
2: unfortunately. Established itself for the run of that first season. The two-part episodes were great. Generally single, speaking, yeah. Generally speaking, yeah. standalone there single episodes.
0: They were, they were big. Yeah. Were big. The, one, the one with Lloyd Bridges was Oh, I love kind that one. No, that, that is finish. great. That's, that's, you are wrong, <laughs> uh. Whitney. You we're are gonna, wrong. I'm going say
2: anybody is wrong with having an opinion. But <laughs> wait a minute, Mr. That is a damn Ooh. fine two-part episode.
0: The Lloyd Bridges is great. Lloyd Bridges is great, but whenever things finally get come down to the wire on Battlestar Galactica and it finally gets to military excursions and when they get to the dogfights in space and they're flying around and shooting each other and the Cylons are closing in, that is when the show is at its most boring. I will say this with well, because that because it became
1: routine it became it, routine it's it, the same it became, action over and over again and they routine, let it go on a really long time
0: they, yeah they it's, it's rather than have that just be like one one hour episode they have to be these big events there's these two power episodes and it's just all action and all we all I'm really waiting for is what's going to happen at the end of this battle Well, well who's, who's going to die who's going to be surviving what is the plot twist you're pointing me toward and the plot twist was always oh well we got Baltar back well you're also you hitting know it's on like it was just something little doesn't you know, really feel like enough yeah. you're also hitting on something that
2: that proved to be the undoing Mm. of the show or, or part of the show which was the threat of the Silence. you mm. know the, when you're watching Saga of a Star World and they destroy the 12 colonies of humanity mm. the Cylons are, are a force to be reckoned with but week after week Way yeah, just you know, get a the first half time of, and time again yeah, for man. the first half of that first season. Mm-hmm. You know, every week it was like some threat from the Cylons, and you know that the human that the human race mm-hmm. is going to win. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of t- it took the bite out of the Cylons.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's something that the new series, the rebooted series, handled much better. And I think because they would seen how it could fail, mm-hmm. they constantly made these Cylons a constant. Threat. The humans were always on the run. Yeah, they yeah. never won. They they was like there was like three strategic military victories throughout the first two seasons of Battlestar Galactica for the, humans. Uh, for, the for the reboot. And, yeah. yeah, and,
0: and yeah. An, another problem is you know the, the Cylons they're being we see them so often and uh, okay we need new Cylons. okay this one's gold and has a deeper voice right, it's yeah, like yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not yeah. really innovating guys but but then. As we go on, we have to have more and more characters. We have to have new stories. And we learn that the Cylons weren't all that successful in wiping out humanity. They're they everywhere. Visit, they visit colony after colony after colony where a, there's people still alive. There's people living with Cylons. It what, completely what, what, undermines what the What exactly of are the they trying to do, the Cylons? It completely undermines the premise of the show that there are
1: this many colonies of human beings mm-hmm. on inhabitable planets that we can go to. Mm-hmm. There's really this, oh, we're going to go find Earth. There's literally 20 planets within walking distance. See,
0: when when we got to the two-part episode with the Terrans, that was kind of interesting because we're in this new frontier. Right, right. Exactly, and, yeah. and you know now, now there's a new, new threat. So now yeah. we have silence and this other space Nazis from Terra. So, yeah. and, and which there was, was a, a great Japanese film I here. I don't yeah. know. There was a
2: there was a point, a turning point in the first season where that led to that mm. sort of like, okay, now we're really out there. We'll get to that two part episode in yeah. a minute. But as far as Lost Planet of the Gods, you know, the first episode ends uh, where the where the female fighter pilots. Are are they they prove themselves yep. then, and they defeat Cylon, uh, a, a Cylon uh, um, yeah, a Cylon a squadron. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the second part of that series uh, of that episode. So you you have a uh, Starbuck is kidnapped by the Cylons. You know they they capture one of the Colonial warriors, and uh, they also the Galactica is going through this starless void that uh, that has is referenced mm-hmm. in the book of Kobol. Uh, which is their bible uh, basically. Which is their bible. Yeah. And uh they're basically uh, Adama is following a hunch that they should go into the <clears> void <throat> and that's where they find the lost planet of the gods which uh could find that where they could find clues to the where earth is which is what they're looking for. Yeah. But you know the end of this episode Lost Planet of the Gods part 2 is is the the, the most emotional moment I had watching uh, any episode of Galactica until the return of Starbuck in Galactica in 1980 because when Serena dies and it's the end of the episode and Serena dies and Apollo goes out to boxy and you know and, and he's like crying I don't want her to die I don't want her to die I don't want her to go mm-hmm. and it's you know they sort of walk down the, the corridor together and mm-hmm. it sort of freezes on them holding hands uh, Boxy and Apollo it was a, it was a really emotional moment. I yeah. Thought. No, I
1: agree, and I think that that's set up real, real well in this episode. And I think all of these filler episodes do a great job of undermining that because by the next episode, Boxy's over it. Right. Well, what what right. um, Boxy is over it,
0: but yeah, think about the, the the thing about yeah, he's, the, he's got a creepy robot dog. He's all yeah, right. played by yeah. a
1: chimpanzee in a robot dog suit. Yep. But the I thing hate about the the, 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 <laughs> the Lost Warrior
2: is you know this is the standalone Apollo episode. Uh, most of it takes place on this planet. Uh, Apollo sort of uh, uh, crash lands if his viper is out of fuel, and he uh, uh, takes uh, shelter with a woman whose husband was a colonial warrior and whose son reminds Apollo a lot of Boxy. Mm-hmm. And it turns out uh, there is a Cylon on the planet that uh, that is it was the survivor, if you will, of a crashed Raider. And it sort of had dents in his head, so it's, it wasn't fully aware of what it was. And now right. it thinks it's a cowboy. It's, it thinks it's a, it's a bodyguard for, for, the town, for the town uh, mm-hmm. um, sort of of mafia the, leader. The, the Ben know. Gazzara the, the cowboy character. character. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So, so, uh, But, you know, I, I found that, that while I enjoyed this episode, as the series went on, it sort of uh, made me realize that between Apollo and Starbuck, uh, I felt that Starbuck was the more fun character to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly, because yeah.
1: Apollo's got to be too pure. Like, when
2: when, yeah. the, when Starbuck had his moments by yeah. himself, which he had a couple of times, mm-hmm. uh, it was more he, it was more fun to watch him yeah. on his own than it was to watch Apollo on his
1: own. Let's move on. Uh, the next episode is another one where someone crash lands on a planet and gets stuck on the one of the control. Old West sets on the lot. Uh, this one, it's Starbuck. Mm. And he is imprisoned on a penal colony, which is actually a fun Star Trek kind of premise, though, because everyone in mm. the penal colony didn't do anything wrong. Their ancestors did. And this is just what life yeah. is now.
2: That sounds like a second season Star Trek episode. That sounds yeah. like a pretty good like, second, like second season Star Trek or, episode. You know, GameStop's a
0: Triskelion. Or. <laughs> Voyager, frankly. Like right. we, we crash <laughs> land on this planet, this prison, and we're oh, we're serving out a life sentence from generations ago. Yeah. And it turns out they're on a satellite that's unmanned. But yeah. what makes this episode
2: really fun is uh, mm-hmm. Apollo, oh, sorry, Starbuck is is recruited to go on a reconnaissance mission uh, in a, 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 a goosed-up colonial viper yeah. that is twice as fast as the normal vipers. Mm-hmm. The flip side to that are the, the consequences that they've removed the laser generators. And I love that scene of when when Starbuck takes off. And he goes, "Oh, okay, yay! Oh, remo- mm. remove the laser generators, and uh, you're unarmed." You know, and yeah. he off. But then there's this relationship. Oh yeah, because now it's Starbuck mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Cora.
0: Okay, so Korra C- is... C-O-R-A, the uh, artificial intelligence okay, on and, his ship. And let's
1: talk about this for a second. What happened to Korra? He's, yeah, completely forgotten about it. <laughs> it's really fucking important. He builds... It, this is a whole episode is about him building a relationship with this artificial intelligence voice on his Viper and that it's never mentioned again once. Also, interestingly enough, Glenn A. Larson would eventually create Knight Rider and this is Knight Rider in space. Oh
0: my God, you're right! It, it, it even has oh my the, God, you're right! It, it has the same little... Like, she's... How, yeah, the, the way the way the voice the voice like the, the little red yeah, lights, little red oh lights my God. yeah, and, 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 and you know what's
1: weird? You know what's weird? There's uh, there's that line. Uh, Something tells me you shouldn't touch Turbo Boost, Michael. They constantly have Turbo Boost shots, <laughs> yeah. shots of hitting Turbo Boost in their Viper. It's weird.
0: It's I, really I, weird. I like their little joystick. That yeah, they have. and it's the fun. Th- constant shots of their thumbs right. hitting their joystick. Hitting the the right. turbo and yeah. the fire button and. and th- Heaven help you, have hit the wrong button right next to each other. No, no, the self-destruct button was right there. <laughs> so uh, fo- follow me in turbo. Okay. Oh, I just shot you. I'm so sorry. We move on yeah. to what in, is in Summer Space, one
1: of the most epic episodes. Oh. They've got the two-parter gun on like Ice Planet, Ice Planet Zero, Zero, which is their guns of Navarone in space. Yeah. Or Ice Station Zebra in space. Also true. Yeah. Uh, but basically, yeah, there's a giant gun yeah. on Ice Planet Zero and in order to get is, past Ice Planet Zero mm-hmm. they have to send a whole group of people down in order to take down the gun on Ice Planet Zero and Although, also Boxy stows away because he's a fucking moron
0: <laughs> but, but it, was, it was this point where I started calling him Spritel Racer because he, no. like, he, and, he and that thing Sprital. are like it's like Spritel and, and, so and Chim Chim, chim, chim. chim. Yeah. Yeah.
1: nothing to do ever again oh, except get God. in the oh, way
0: so I, I feel like they kind of lost their way like the goal like it really was clear cut it's like the guns have never owned break into this gun, takedown gun. It's cool. They, they broke into the gun and they got so distracted with other crap. Oh, there's the, a the, clone army yeah, and yeah, maybe a, the a, guy who and, created the clones is their gun. And then there's, and, yeah, there's an army of Brick Eklunds. Okay. And
2: uh, <laughs> in, in terms of what can be done uh, on television in 1978, it's pretty guy on Ice Planet Zero is a trailblazer and a
1: milestone. There's a big mm. sense of scale, but I think you're right. I think this is another one where if this was a one episode, this would be the most intense, great episode of yeah. Battlestar. See, but I mean, it's a two parter, and like I, feel I feel like, like it feels like little padded. Yeah. I feel like it was a little padded in the second half. I, I don't. Like, I, like, I, I, I disagree. The whole,
0: the whole clone army could have been its own episode, and then have the the Ice Station Zero with Richard Lynch taking down a space laser. Well, that's the,
2: great. But 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 the, the mm. reason why it works the way it does mm. is because it gives emotional heft to the episode. Otherwise, it Goes back to what I said before. Mm. That, oh, it's just another week where they're gonna like just take down the Cylons. The mm-hmm. fact that the Cylons uh, on this planet took over this machine which was an energy lens system designed to transmit intelligence throughout Mm -hmm. the galaxy. Mm -hmm. That's what the Father Creator says about it before it was taken over by the Cylons as a weapon of
0: mass destruction. So, you've got... It it wouldn't have been just as effective, though, if you had the weapon of mass destruction in one episode, and then you kind of retconned it in the following episode, where we could have that sort of God-Emperor thing. But you have... They're still threatening in the first one, and we understand how deep that threat was in the second one. But you have... But the way you have it, Whitney, is... Is, is that uh,
2: these the the, the clones, mm. which they're more than clones, they are human. I mean, here's mm. an episode yeah. that is basically doing what sci-fi has always been really good at, which is what does it mean to be human? Mm. And these clones, just because they're clones, and the, they're breeding, and they have mm. children. Mm. And uh, who's the guy who plays the creator, uh, Dr. Oh. Ravishal Yeah, I wrote that down. He was oh, in uh, Halloween
1: 3. Yeah, he was the bad guy in you Halloween. 3. Yeah. <laughs> for, I, I uh, forget. He was also uh, the uh, head of OCP in, in uh, uh, RoboCop, Robocop Two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when he looked it up, I'm. I'm there I it. think you're giving. I think the idea is there. I think you're giving this episode a little too much credit for its nuance. I don't think it's. I don't think there's a lot of nuance here. I think they sort of bring it up. And they but, do the big. But there's black a lot planets. going on, and here's yeah. and here's Starbuck. I just
2: think Starbuck is trying, like you know, his uh, his protege, uh, Cree, the Viper pilot who got mm. shot down and got taken prisoner by the Cylons. So so you've got this Starbuck, is like
1: Robo-Cop.
2: S- Starbuck feels yeah. Robocop 2, It's him. Yeah. Uh Look, you <laughs> anyway. know, Starbuck is feeling guilt because of this uh, Viper pilot that he he felt felt responsible for. You know, and then you've got the uh, the the clones are willing to help the humans destroy. Uh, the the ravishal pulsar, Dan Hurley.
1: Dan, oh, right?
2: I uh, but on the condi- they're not going to destroy it. They they want to destroy the Cylon uh, armada, but they want to keep the pulsar because mm-hmm. if the Cylons come back, they want to have a line of defense. So I feel like there's a lot going on. I get what I get the episodes flaws that mm-hmm. it is too much like uh, the guns of Navarone and
1: Ice Station mm-hmm. station. I'm fine the, with the, it being the, indicative because that's my whole thing. This is the war series. There's a here. Star Wars with the emphasis on the wars. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine. I don't mind you doing your on, Ice Brace and Zebra episode or your, or your Guns and Navarone episode. Oh, it's, it's also kind of Dirty
0: right? Dozen because yeah. they have to recruit criminals. Yeah, to exactly. Them take yeah. All together. Yeah. That's fun. It's, I'm uh, fine Ocean's
1: with Ocean's Eleven I just think it
0: gets distracted <laughs> from that inherent cool premise. <laughs> the, 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 the Dirty Dozen set up that Ocean's Eleven, like we're going to assemble a team and each has their own talent and they're going to do one cool thing while we break into a thing. That is the single most reliable and fun to watch premise, you can put it it's like it's still so, it's so works. universal. It will always work. It, always it work. works in
1: step up two, it, it works in five. Yep, it, it, yeah, it mm-hmm. will always work. Assemble yeah. the team, get them to do cool shit, challenge them, big action sequence at the end, you're done. Perfect movie. I can't yeah. wait
2: to see how they apply that to Oceans Eight, the
1: all-female Oceans That'd be Eleven. Fun. But uh, yeah. there's only eight of them. Which I think is, like, it's interesting. <laughs> I think it's interesting that uh, Can yeah, we, we get fourteen. We, we had eleven, we had twelve, we had thirteen when it was dudes. Now that it's women, they got to make thirty percent less. You know what?
0: What the <laughs> fuck? Oh uh, man, you're so uh, right. To, to be fair, there were women added to the teams. We had uh, Julia Roberts was one of the eleven. No, she wasn't. I should No, there was, was count them. was not part of the eleven. She was in the. 12 i think she, she might have been to, considered when no, she had to impersonate had to julia roberts we're moving on right? <laughs> uh,
1: anyway it's a good episode and we're gonna move we gotta move on because there's a lot to get through uh, episode 10 the magnificent warriors i hate this episode you hate this episode I hate, it's this is the episode favorite. there's something uh they've lost their food supply mm-hmm. uh and uh a woman has a thing that Red a rich summers. a rich woman has a thing that they can sell to a planet uh, which they could easily colonize, but whatever, mm. uh, to get their thing to get them food. They need food. And she'll only do it if Odama agrees to date her. I, 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 Bips, I if, hate if, this
0: episode. If they had gotten B. Arthur <laughs> or <laughs> Cloris Richmond. <laughs> yeah. If, if they had, like, a... a, a it still would have been bad. Or, or, or right. uh, Carol Burnett. You know, get a really good comedian. Mm-hmm. I think who could have played off of Adama's kind of seriousness. Uh, I've tried be kind of a nag because, it's because it's of Battlestar Galactica because <laughs> of Brett Summers. And, and this is also the episode but, in which Fred Summers is fine, but she, she's not playing the role quite right. You got you need Lucille Ball. I think type I've seen in that, that episode, role, the you know?
2: Magnificent Warriors, maybe three times. That's too many since times. 1978. That's too, That's too many, too many, many time. Two time. times. Too many. Yeah. yeah.
1: The, the thing with the Magnificent Warriors. The other thing about Magnificent Warriors. is Starbuck goes down to yeah. this cowboy planet, another cowboy planet, another cowboy planet, and he ends up accidentally. Winning the sheriff's badge Mm -hmm. in a game of uh, pyramid, I think is the name of the card game, Mm -hmm. Uh, and he can't get rid of it. It's like the fucking curse in *Night of the Demon*. (laughs) Like, no, I'm just like, just fucking throw it to the ground. Who gives a shit? (laughs) You don't have to be their sheriff. Why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. No one cares. Oh my god, my voice is stuck.
2: Guys, uh, we interrupt this program to bring you a very important Mm -hmm. nod that we have not yet mentioned in the analysis of Battlestar Galactic. One of the reasons why... The
0: merchandising? The score... Oh, the score! Theme. Oh, the
2: score's the great. Music, <laughs> yes, yeah. music score by Stu Phillips, who mm-hmm. okay. also did it is, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls and the theme from Knight Rider. It is fantastic. It's it good. is orchestral, and yes, yeah, it's, it's very really much
1: good. John Williams. Mm-hmm. And also, credit goes to Glenn A. Larson. Apparently, I think he hummed it.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> well whoever well, it's, hummed it's, it, hummed it's, it's it. like when like Roddenberry has a co-writing credit on the mm-hmm. Star Trek music because he wrote lyrics that, that we're no one has ever used. That no yeah, one ever yeah, used because yeah. he just wanted half of the royalties. Asshole. But
2: in terms of Stu Phillips' contribution to that, like week after week, I mean. As the as the season went on, he started they started doing what Trek did and using scores from different episodes as incidental music for newer newer ones. Mm-hmm. But something the, the scores uh, you know for the Cylon attacks, you know for the gun on the gun on Ice Planet Zero, uh, and definitely the score for an episode that we're about to get to, uh, it, it's magnificent. There's some and good I, music. In I there, bought yeah. all four volumes. Of, uh-huh. the, uh, of the of Galactica's complete music scores,
1: wow. okay, because it it works. All right, we got to move on. Uh, the next episode is another crap one called "The Young Lords." Oh, it, this, this is, uh, one. This which
0: is my uh, least favorite episode. Yeah, and I totally I,
1: get why. I, I hate it's all weird. those characters. So Starbuck crash lands on it. Uh, here's some variety: of a Viking. medieval Valkyrie planet. <laughs> uh, and you know
0: what? At least it's different. At
1: least it's different. It's run by another Lucifer. Lucifer yeah. is again. Uh, uh, uh Baltar's wait, wait, wait. second in command, who's yeah. like a robot with big glowy lips and a diamond head full of Christmas lights. And a, a, a,
0: a little tiny head, too. It's A, a weird, scary tiny head. It's a weird head. scene. It's, yeah. We
1: see another version of that robot. He's in charge of this
0: planet. Spectre, Spectre has in Spectre, thank you. Yes. Uh, and, and... We see a room full of those things later uh, on. It's weird. Yeah, in uh, uh, Loving Legend, yeah. Yeah,
1: so uh, Starbuck is stuck on this planet. They have to leave him, because of course they do. He got and he, shot down, yeah. and he's, he, his leg is uh, uh, injured, shattered pretty bad. Yeah, and, and he has to team up with an army of kids in feather hats in order to stop the bad guys you using creepy rhyming that they also kind of stole from the dirty like I kept expecting them to add and Donald goes in where the others have been (laughs) the kids are the kids are trying to save their father Mm -hmm. uh, which is
2: Bruce Glover the father of uh, uh, not, not Bruce Glover um uh, who's the guy uh, uh, from, from Back to the Future? Chris McGlover. Chris McGlover. Yeah, he, Bruce Glover. He's the yeah, father okay. of Chris McGlover. Okay. So he's being held know, prisoner okay. by right. the Cylons in yeah. the castle where the family used to live until the Cylons came and invaded. So now, the the kids, led by uh, Kyle, the, the the oldest son, mm-hmm. they AKA to, Not Roddy McDowell. They want to... to yeah, right. <laughs> he does look like Roddy <laughs> McDowell, then It's anyway. like
1: a blonde, creepy <laughs> Roddy McDowell, yeah. They, so like they a blonde Roddy McDowell.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, hey. yeah. They want to trade Starbuck for their father and <laughs> then Starbuck <laughs> gets wind of this and says kids do you realize that the Cylons are not going to stand by this uh, deal they're going to kill you Mm -hmm. so let's rescue your father and destroy the Cylon Armada Uh which they do
1: Mm -hmm. using creepy rhyming
2: creepy rhyming it takes all the again this is an episode that really
0: does take the bite out of the Cylons yeah Mm -hmm. all right so let's move on to uh, I I think I think I saw what they're trying to do they're just just trying to show some like combat other than just more of the flies kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah, we got to
1: move on the next part is the next big two part Mm. And uh, Scott like. and I are together on this one, Whitney. I don't get why you don't like this one. Why the do Living you like Legend. This? Why? <laughs> well, hold on. They okay, find, the pe- here's the, here's they, the find they
0: find another Battle Star. Uh, yeah. This is huge. It's a big it's a deal. Well, you know what? We've seen so many other humans. They have another Battle Star. Okay. Like they're going <laughs> to double. They're yeah. going to double their fire. They've been power. on the run this whole
1: time. Now they might actually be a well, force that could stop the silence.
0: Here's a conceit that was just introduced in this episode. It's called a Battle Star. But it's we don't ever see it do battle. It's only those little fighter, those little uh, dog the fighters. Well, the yeah.
1: battleship, like, like like the it's an aircraft carrier. The aircraft carrier doesn't necessarily well, can't punch anyone in the face because, and, so, because all happens. The, there's all the civilians on
0: board and they're screwed. But you know if, if they had established how powerful the Battlestar was in at least one episode or they what did. it was, or at least talk about a lot about what it's capable of, that would have been great. Now we have another Battlestar, and now we are reminded it is a Battlestar. Okay, it's being led by a, a guy from the 1940s.
3: <laughs> it's Lloyd, Lloyd, Bridges. Lloyd Bridges in a
0: like, jaunty flight jacket. With a rap. writing crop like he'll eventually use in hot shots, which is pretty funny. Yeah, Commander I, Kane. It, it was yeah. difficult for me to think uh, to watch him in this and not think about hot shots. That's not that's well, it's not his fault, his though. That's not yeah. his fault. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, he's, he's he's
1: a living legend, mm-hmm. he's a master general, he's the he's the patent yeah. of the space army. And Everyone he, looks up to him as a god. He's
0: concerned he is happy to have met another Battlestar star because he's been charging against the Cylons, destroying a lot of them, and now he wants double the firepower and mm. Adama says no I have civilians aboard I can't do that and, and that's, yeah, that's where, where stakes, stakes,
2: that's yeah. where the stakes yeah. are really mm. set in this episode because like, Cain definitely.
1: assumes the human race is over all we have is everyone on my ship we might as well just take as many silence as we can with us mm. And now he has to think defensively. Mm-hmm. And I like that he actually has conversations with Adama well, Ad- about right. how to handle it. Adama but al- is defensive and yeah. Keen is offensive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they end up having extreme disagreements about power, how to handle power it. Power struggle. Power struggle. This is an episode when this happened in the reboot. Yep. Oh. So man. much more fucked up. Yeah. yeah, so much, and and oh, and who plays K- uh, Kane in the reboot? Michelle Forbes. <laughs> <Robert>. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> You're just fucking nice. awesome. But <laughs> again, it's just it's the extreme disparity in terms of how they're handling the war, mm. and I think Lloyd Bridges handles it really, really well. I think he is mm. aware of his place in the firmament, but he's also mm. so confident that he's right, and he will do anything he can in order to get his message across, in order mm. to get the mission he wants to mm. do to happen.
0: And he's not always wrong. And yeah, he's well, not the villain. I think it's I, interesting. And, and my problem with the episode isn't Lloyd Bridges at all, or even that conflict. I think that's all really interesting. My, my problem is that it's a two-parter. Like with Ice Station Zebra, we have, <laughs> we, uh, Zebra. We, have we have more action than the episode requires. And all, and it, when it kind of devolves into big exploding nonsense, I'm just sort of waiting for it to end. The first part of The Living Legend is more superior than the yeah, second part. Yeah, for sure. part If ends, they had folded the, the climax into the first part then that would have been a really solid episode but it just sort of it has we, a great we, cliffhanger we start,
2: we start repeating yeah. after a, a while great cliffhanger at the end of the, of, of the, the first mm-hmm. part of The Living Legend when when not only do the Cylons launch an all out assault on the Galactica and the fleet mm-hmm. but Baltar himself is going to oversee this attack personally oh, wearing yeah. a so helmet. funny but but wait, it's so we, funny. Yeah, that that helmet is ridiculous. No no, but, not even the not even the helmet. Because what happens is he's leading. He doesn't realize there are two sir, battle stars. If I may, yeah, uh, sir, I don't want to really think you need to take a look at this. I don't want this moment,
1: sir. There's another battle star, sir. What look, are you talking about, sir? Look, please look slightly to your
2: left. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I really think you should take well, a look at the other battle star. <laughs> what are you talking? Turn you full turn. <laughs>
0: you, you, you talked about the relationship between Adama and his you know his, his inferior officers my favorite relationship was between Baltar and Lucifer
1: they're fun uh, uh, yeah they're uh, fun l- l- they're Megatron and Starscream is what they well, are
0: they're Jeeves and Wooster is what they are <laughs> um, yeah, Lucifer knows everything, is clearly the more capable leader. He's the yeah. one who uh, you know can actually think yeah. out things. He's and, always
1: right about and everything. And somehow
0: Baltar is the one in charge. And I, feel, I sense that Lucifer was a little bit annoyed by that and that he's played by Jonathan Harris, <laughs> the, the master of being slightly peeved oh, by the yeah. science fiction
2: stuff around him. Oh, oh, the pain, the pain. Well, here's the thing about The mm. Living Legend. Mm. This was the episode that introduced the character of Sheba Played by Anne Lockhart. Sure, June
1: Lockhart's daughter. From Lost June, in Space. Yeah, and Lassie.
2: And I gotta say, uh, one of my favorite relationships of the series was the one that developed between mm-hmm. Sheba and
1: Apollo. I'm gonna stop you, you right did. there because I wish it had developed and they I, didn't get there. Yeah, they did. I think the they, implication they was that they were going, to, going there. Yeah, they were and they going to quite by got the got it, end it, of the first they, season.
0: They, they hooked and I think that was good. That they was did. Fun. She's
1: yeah. cool. The introducer is as bad as Viper Pilot, but unfortunately too many of the episodes that linger on involve her weeping over Apollo mm. or getting swept up, unpacked. Patrick McNeese bullshit, which we'll talk about in a second. Let's move on. Uh, the next episode was Fire in Space, which is the bottle episode uh, in which Boxy and Boomer and oh, Cassiopeia, we good. haven't
2: really talked about um, much. we talked about Marin Jensen as a That's Athena. right. Well, Athena doesn't get enough uh, to do.
1: And
0: Mer- she,
2: where is she, Marin Jensen? Uh, uh, she,
1: she, she's Maren in my Jensen. dreams mm, is where she, she is. She's gorgeous. Uh, uh, Jensen has no, a very just. short career. She was in uh, Wes Craven's Deadly Blessing. And she was also That's in like, uh, The Hardy Boys. Yeah, but a lot of people think like in one episode. Yeah, like one it wasn't episode. like. One. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, Athena. She is uh, Adama's daughter and occasional love interest to Starbuck. But Starbuck is more interested in Cassiopeia, mm-hmm. who is played by Retta. Spang. Lorette Spang. And she um, is. She is a hooker in space who decides to become a. Yeah, technician. they. That, okay. Yeah, which is fun. That's actually that's okay. Uh, she was also an airport in Airport 1975. They, they call it. It's they call, call it a. She's a socialator. A social Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's yeah. great.
2: Everyone's that's great. Uh, the best social in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, and she was also uh, Admiral Kane's
1: like ex-girlfriend. So which was so weird. basically,
2: fire in space is the towering inferno version
1: mm. of Battlestar. No. Yeah, yeah. and it, well, it all comes down to Boxy's robot Muffet. Yeah, so, yeah. saving the day because it can sniff out all, desserts. All I can fuck uh, you. All I can think you, is, <laughs> you really don't like Boxy. Fuck do you? you, Boxy. No.
2: Fuck you, Muffet. Yeah. But, no, listen. You're, you're both take, the worst. I will take Boxy over Wesley.
1: <laughs> God no if Boxy because was Wesley actually knows, on the Enterprise wait, hold on. I'd be okay
0: with no, that no Wesley... Wesley knows how to do something but Wesley, and, and Wesley knows couldn't... how to do too much Wesley, that's the problem and also Wesley kind of grew up he realized kind of what an ass he was yeah. and he left and yeah how, how, kind of kind of how hated he was there's a great episode where he has to share a long shuttle trip with Picard mm-hmm. and he's afraid the entire time that's fine okay. Boxy never had a moment like this that is, this, is
1: a, this is a conversation and, for fans of our show uh, and for you and me who was more annoying? Seriously, Boxy or Max from Dracula the series? I'm dead serious. Ah,
0: uh, Max from Dracula the series. Really, far more obnoxious than Boxy. Oh my God, Max at least got to kill
1: vampires with force lightning. Boxy is
0: to me. Max was exactly my age and dressed exactly the way I did, so I saw myself and I was annoyed at myself when I saw Max on screen. Boxy, I can kind of cast a little bit more more right, distance fine. between. Not I was enough. really concerned with the treatment of the chimp. On Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, and
1: they asked that thing to go for, through fire. For a,
0: for a second, I thought it was like a, a human actor who was just sort of loping yeah. uh, really convincingly. And then it's like, no, that's definitely a that's chimp. That's definitely a chimp in there, yeah. Th- that chimp is suffocating in that suit, first of that's all. Not, that's not healthy for And then that. they, in this episode, they put it near fire- like they yeah. they put this chimp in a teddy bear suit and push it near fire like that that's that's, that's a, a recipe that's something for a, horror. Something an insane mad person yeah. does. That, yeah, that's why see. in the move
1: that's why you in a movie, like the chimpanzee goes insane and kills everyone in the building. Yeah. That's my too, <laughs> is what you just made. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Um Oh, I had another thought on this episode, and now it's gone.
0: It's no, it's that's okay. It's fine. That's we, don't, okay. we don't have to. Yeah, it's just, it just
2: like you know mm. the, the first mm. act of the of that episode when the Cylons mm. just like that's the cool. Kamikaze Cylons attacking yeah. the Enterprise. I thought that's the cool. There right. yeah, <laughs> <you did> it go <laughs> again. You did it again. You're attracted to Galactica. Right. So episodes yeah,
0: fifteen it's, it's and sixteen. It's called the Millennium Falcon. Get it right.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> the Enterprise. Oh, I just
0: love the word Enterprise. The Enterprise Falcon.
1: We're moving on. Episodes fifteen and sixteen. War of the
2: Gods. Part one and two. Guys, right here. All right. War of the gods mm. this was the Battlestar Galactica's finest hour or two hours yeah this to me uh,
0: high five there War That's, yeah.
2: of the gods really was yes War here's the gods. why okay. here's why because week after week it's one sideline threat after another mm. okay they have left their star system they're going deeper and deeper into space. Further and further away from their own star system.
0: Always from right to left. You ever notice that? Yes. Are <laughs> uh, you no, serious? Oh, well, that's that go was the directions right. they got from that one planet.
1: They just go yeah. turn right.
0: Just just keep keep going, keep going left. right. Keep going right. Oh, now this keep,
1: episode,
2: keep going left. Yeah. Oh, keep going left. Coming keep from the right, yeah. right. Now they're going further. They're really in no man's land, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Anything goes. Let's really do something different. Let's—it
0: it was the first time we really expanded outside. the universe. Yeah,
2: yeah. Let's think outside the box, mm. and that's what this this story does. War of the Gods. Thinks outside the box. The Cylons are not really present in this uh, in this story. The ship of lights, Count mm. Iblis, who is basically the beast, the devil. Mm. Um, the uh, the
1: the the fact that the music again, Stu Phillips, his score for cool. this mm-hmm. is fantastic. Right. So here's what's going on in this episode: Viper pilots are disappearing, mm-hmm. and uh, they investigate a crashed ship and find Patrick Mcnee. Uh, dressed up in these sort of sun god robes, Mm -hmm. saying, I'm basically god. Take me to your leader. I'll give you anything you ever wanted. And sure enough, he can do all kinds of crazy shit. like Stuff uh, that shouldn't be able to be done. He can
0: float stuff with his mind. And he's he's very popular. Because he's he's played by Patrick Barney. And and,
1: Sheba immediately falls for him and throws under his spell, mm -hmm. which bothers me because we were just introduced to that character, and now she's depowered. But you you know what? No, no, she's not depowered because
2: she's overpowered. Count Ibli reminds... Sheba of her father.
1: I still think this was a miscalculation this soon after we were introduced to her. I, I wish we'd had more
2: room for her to shine on her t- own, right? But but I think after this episode, you know, she sort of like gets her mojo back. I would but hope
0: regardless, so. In regardless, regardless in is, is, is there is there an uh, analog to this in the reboot? No, none happens? of this stuff no. happens. No, then, oh, no. good. Yeah. Okay. All of, yeah,
1: all of the superpower yeah. humans, all of the, the other Earth, none of that happens. If, if but you again, notice
0: in the credits, John Delancey plays one of the soldiers in this episode. Just random guy. He's just a random guy. Yeah, in the background. Yeah, and. It's kind of funny like that, he, number three. that he should be in the uh, all-powerful space god episode of Battlestar Galactica oh, and well, I'm going to play the all-powerful space god. god the next generation. 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 Another
2: another casting did you know uh, the, the actor who played mm-hmm. Superman in like the very first Superman serials was Kirk Allen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he is listed in this episode as uh, the old man. Uh, he was the one who when when Count Ebley Patrick Mcnee is touring like the cargo ships the uh, mm-hmm. and he goes. Uh, just the sort of answer to our prayers that we might expect. And then Counting goes, feel better, old man. Stand tall. I've come to deliver you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, so yeah, everyone in the out. fleet, right. everyone
1: mm-hmm. in the fleet, the Council of Twelve, who we haven't talked about, the politicians, the oh. civilian politicians. But we've seen them here and there. A right. little bit. They get more important as the series progresses. Uh, they want to just follow this guy. Oh, he's God. Great. Right. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, this guy's got, got, got some powers. Yeah, he. What they say? I will, I will grant you three wishes, and if I can do them all, whatever you want me to do, if I can mm. do them all, you will follow With, me, and I will be your god. And one of the first things they say which is, is,
0: which is something the Catholic yeah. Church does when it comes to sainthood: like yeah. perform miracles, by, by, but by, not, by,
1: but not by command. But Here, yeah. it's Adama says, "Okay, I want Baltar to surrender." Baltar surrenders. Mm-hmm. Now, it's weird because we keep coming back to him, and it sounds like he's confused and thinks this is going to be his big gambit. So it's hard to tell if, if Count Ebley actually did this? that. Yeah. But or, that's the thing. That's that
2: yeah. the ambiguity of that yeah. moment is good because you don't yeah. know if Count Ebley made that happen mm-hmm. or if he just sensed that this was going to happen. Well, but here's, yeah. what's, here's right. what's interesting. Okay, so this is another two part episode where I think part one is actually better than part two, even go though ahead. part two does go out there. Now, what I love about part two is a couple of things. First of all, the moment after Baltar shows up and surrenders and he's thrown into the br- into the break.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And he's in the break. He's pacing back and forth. And there's Count Ebley saying, saying, sit, Baltar. Do not pace. Mm-hmm. And Baltar looks back at him and he goes, I know you. I remember that voice. And <laughs> Ebley... Yeah. It's uh-huh. a great moment. That's a great thing. It's a great
1: thing. That whole scene's awesome. The whole scene is awesome yeah, because agreed.
2: because it's not that at that moment Baltar realizes mm. who Iblee is. He's already figured it out. He looks at him and goes, I know you. I remember that voice. And Iblee just smiles and goes, do you? And he goes, the voice of the Cylon imperious leader. <laughs> and then Ebley says, if I'm the voice of the imperious leader, mm-hmm. I must have been programmed into the leader a thousand yarns ago. Mm-hmm. That makes me a thousand yarns old. Mm-hmm. And then the power of that moment, and then he turns his back on Ebley, and then suddenly Ebley is in the break with him mm-hmm. and says... Don't worry, all is not lost. Now what the hell does he mean by that?
1: Well, he's telling the villain this.
2: Mm-hmm. He's, he's telling the villain find out, all is not we find lost. find out
1: he is the equivalent of Satan. Mm-hmm. But you but he's the, the potential, the potential yeah. of where that could have gone. It's really interesting if
0: the show had progressed. Yeah. And what's well, also kind of cool so about So we we have a TV show now where the <laughs> devil is a character.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we get rid of him after this episode, but still uh, he probably would have come, back. He he would've and would've come back. back. And the, the Ship, the the
0: ship th- of Light comes back. And
1: yeah, the Ship of Light is actually this giant spaceship that you can only see under certain circumstances and they wipe your memory and the implication is that this is the human race, the same characters that we see now, but they have been evolving for millennia, if not millions of years and now they all have godlike powers. Okay, now,
2: this is where Glenn Larson's faith plays the the biggest part Mm -hmm. of all in in that season of Battlestar Galactica. So basically Ebley kills Apollo. Starbuck and Sheba are taking Apollo's body back to the, I'm not gonna say the Enterprise, to the <laughs> Galactica, and they are commandeered by one of the ships of lights. And 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 fi- finally we see what the inside of the ship of lights looks like. Mm-hmm. And we see these beings who are are who have Apollo's body spread out. And then you hear a line of dialogue. It says where where the uh, uh the people, the beings, tell Starbuck and Sheba what we what you are now we once were what we are now you may become that line is directly lifted from Mormon faith huh. hmm. so so Larson actually yeah. wrote the screenplay for this because he didn't usually okay. write the screenplays okay. Uh, he really was putting his his,
0: uh, his, well, his heart into this one. It's not just the angelic figures, and it's not just the presence of the devil, but sort of the way the devil functions is actually a, a very Christian way. And that the devil isn't just sort of like evil being with breeds fire. It's it's insinuating. It's tricking you. It's lying. Yeah. And. Uh, it's kind And it of gives, insidious. he offers you what you want. He offers you what you want, and he's kind of charming. And I think it, Patrick McNee is perfect casting because he can be incredibly charming, but yeah. he has this sort of Mephistophelian look about him, so he can play kind of completely untrustworthy. Okay. And, yeah, the way it just sort of flies off the rails is really, really fascinating. we got to move
1: on. Yeah. Uh, the next episode is the one of two uh-huh. big what the fuck? How did you get that actor episodes of Battlestar Galactica?
0: <laughs> Just the list of oh, guest stars it's is really. Pretty great insane. This is number, nine s- number episode 17,
1: Man with Nine Lives, in which fucking Fred Astaire shows up Fred Astaire. as a con man.
0: And doesn't dance. Doesn't dance. Con
1: man who tricks Starbuck into thinking he's his long he might be his long-lost father in order to avoid basically Klingons. Basically, yeah, jihadist they, they, they Klingons. They look like Gnoman, yeah, a he's pissed off some 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 aliens who are part of the fleet, uh, who have basically set out like a holy war against Fred Astaire, and which how can you possibly? And then, uh, but here's the thing: at the end, you find out he's actually Starbuck's father, and he decides not to tell him mm. because Starbuck said he'd leave the fleet and just hang out with his dad. No, uh-huh. which is a stupid thing. Tell him you're his father, and tell him to stay in the fucking fleet. Hmm. What well, the fuck? Yeah, your father, <laughs> find a father's Fred your, Astaire. Yeah, and my father, my son is
2: Dirk
0: Benedict. This is neat. The cast do of, it. The casting of Fred Astaire is definitely a product of the 1970s so when they were doing weird. all of these big yeah, TV the specials and the gimmick casting yeah, and gimmick the like casting. circus of the stars kind of nonsense. So, weird. so, hey, we can get Fred Astaire. Okay, but he's just sort of a genial friendly old dude. He's it's, he's it's not bad casting like, for It's not bad casting for the father
1: of a ladies man without without it, you but know But it's bad equal. casting
0: for for a con man who has jihadists after him. I don't buy that from Fred Astaire. It's just this. Well who do you get? What great
1: movie star from the 1930s and 40s do you get?
0: Edward G. Robinson? I don't know. Somebody okay, fair enough. Gar- Cagney? Oh, wow. You got wow. Cagney?
1: Orson Welles, done. <laughs> Orson Welles would have been good. <laughs> it would have been good. Let's move on, because there's really not much else to that episode. Next one, Murder on the Rising Star, okay, where Starbuck is accused of murder.
2: Two back-to-back episodes featuring Starbuck. I rest my case that Starbuck was the more interesting character mm-hmm. than Apollo. Well,
0: Starbuck will get himself into stupid messes. Apollo I th- won't. I think he was just more story-ready. Like you know, Worf has a lot of a lot of episodes because he's more interesting. He's a warrior. Yep. How many does Riker get? Fewer. Yeah. Parker, How yeah. Like
1: Riker. <laughs> no oh, I, I, no I, one I, likes Riker.
0: What's also what's kind of cool about *Murder on the Rising Star* is
1: it cement. So we have Baltar. He's part of the fleet now. He's in his jail cell Mm -hmm. and he's pulling a Hannibal Lecter. And what's really interesting is that they keep doing Hannibal Lecter shtick where they have to go to Baltar, ask him for advice, Mm -hmm. deal with him. He's he's this sinister presence. This predates the creation of Hannibal Lecter by about two years. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting. Part of me wonders if Thomas Harris was drunk, like at a bar, (laughs) just (laughs) just, just, (laughs) watching that Black Sunday movie they made out of my novel was crap. What's on TV? Well, what's Interesting. <laughs> Write this down. One good idea on this weird sci fi show.
2: That's my theory. And I'm sticking I am feel it. like that the second half of the season, after they really reached their peak with the War of the Gods, mm-hmm. the series was starting to sort
0: of... Uh, well, you could see them starting trying to, to wane. Yeah, it's I, I appreciate the sort of variety, though, because they were trying new concepts, but there were also bottle episodes, and that's the mm. way a, I think a series ought to operate a little bit. So we have this murder... I think that's br- one way for a series to operate. One, a, a series I like a show to operate. Yeah. And uh, Whitney thinks have, every
1: TV show should be an adventure series from
0: 1985. More or less. Yeah, Why no, That's fine. <laughs> what, what I want is every show to be Star Trek The Next Generation is yeah. what I want, but... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, we have this man. He's he's falsely accused of murder, and Brock Peters shows up as, <laughs> which as, cool. as the attorney, which I think is yeah. really
1: cool. Brock uh, Peters from uh, uh, Oh God, uh, to kill, kill a everything. Yeah, oh, well, to kill a Mockingbird. To kill I think a Mockingbird. One of the best yeah, movies he's yet. been around. There you go. Uh, we got to move on. Uh, greetings, <laughs> nothing to say no, about that. That's one. not much of an episode, yeah. really. But Starbuck didn't do
2: it. Okay, again, you know, greetings from greetings from Earth. Yeah, is uh, They weird they come episode. across a space shuttle? Uh, and it it's not like a, a two-parter it's
0: 1 2 it's hour it's 1 hour two, hour 2 hour
2: special episode yeah
1: yeah, yeah it's not that, that So yeah they come across basically Khan's ship full of people in cryogenic stasis they spend the, half the episode talking about quarantines and oh no there's an alien on the ship we have to deal with this we have to be super fucking careful we have literally never done this before we didn't great. do this it's with great. Count. we didn't there do this for really, the count we didn't do no. this when we entered every other alien's alien planet which would be full of diseases which was actually a factor once they have never cared until this episode and that drove me up the wall oh,
0: I, I, I like that they finally did care though and they're actually talking about protocol uh, yeah. and the like, doctors oh, aren't agreeing you
2: know you gotta no. Yeah, yeah. Parker and
0: Dot and, and the yeah, other then, then they're missing with these machines and maybe messing them up. I, I, I Call me weird. I like episodes that deal with protocol. I, like I like it too. I details. wish the series
1: had been about yeah. that and not just this one but episode they, for no reason. They
0: found a bunch of people in cryosleep and those people from cryosleep have been in space for a long time. They don't know where they came from. It might have been from, from Earth. Earth. So it's from a planet right. called Terror and oh. Terror in Terra, Terra. Terror. Terror. Yeah. Terra
1: in
2: Germanese means Earth. Yeah,
1: Germanese. Means, and indeed, they know here. that Terra is an archaic word for Earth, so they think this might be plausible. And they end up on this sort of colonial planet with two robots, one of whom is played uh. by Ray Bolger, who finally got to play the, the, the Tin Man.
0: Okay, my, my theory about this is they had these two two robots. They're named Hector and Vector. And, oh, and, yeah, they, I don't and like they're deaf. They're, dead. Probably, they're I don't so like bad. Yeah, they probably <laughs> asked Jack Haley to play the Tin Man. And Jack Haley was near the end of his life at that point. He was 81 years old. He's probably a little ill and didn't want to play the Tin Man again at this point in his career. Ray Bolger, a full decade younger, said, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, well, who else well, Ray would... Bolger was originally He's...
1: supposed to play the Tin Man, but the, but the makeup Wait. made him sick, right? Oh, that's no, right. No, actually... Yeah, actually, yeah makeup did make him sick.
0: Uh, it wasn't Ray Bolger, it was Buddy Ebsen who had that problem. Apologies, oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
2: Okay, may have had. But, but in in, in, in uh, Greens from Terror... Rings from Earth, uh, yeah. the, they also encounter a new enemy called the Eastern Alliance.
1: Who are space Nazis. They look like space Nazis. And some of them have helmets from space balls. Yes, they do. The, the, the they have space spherical spherical helmets. helmets. It's um, helmet. But they're uh, just space Nazis. Like, there's literally nothing else to them. They're yeah, space Nazis. It's yeah, not much of a threat. But, but it there, introduces not so much of a threat, threat, which is, is a good idea. Said, a they're not threat. much of a
0: threat, but it's a different kind of threat. You, you know what they are? They're the Yosemite Sam. After a while,
1: Elmer Fudd was simply not a threat to Bugs Bunny. You had to introduce Yosemite Sam. That's the Eastern Alliance. We're
2: going to destroy you, Wait, Yosemite Sam is the Eastern
1: Alliance version of... uh of uh, Elmer um, There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, because uh, yeah, really Boston that's it. Great. They fight the Eastern Alliance, and that's it.
0: Occasionally, Yosemite Sam m- meant business. There's a
1: f- there's a fun <laughs> okay. episode called Baltar's Escape, oh, which is about Baltar's escape. Oh, it's a prison break. And, episode, and it teams. Yeah. Up, and what's kind of cool is it feels like they were actually seeding some stuff, like a whole bunch of the leftover villains. villains. You got right. the guy from the Eastern Alliance. You got the, the guys who home. are trying to. Klingons, you got the tribes who are trying to kill Fred Astaire, and they all team up to escape. It's a hostage situation. And this is also the one where the Quorum of Twelve says, oh yeah, we're going to take... Adama's been like holding us under martial law. We need to be under civilian law. We're not at active war with the Cylons right now. We need to start resuming normalcy. And on paper, they're right. Yes. In practice, they're all idiots. And that's one of the problems with this show is that it is really aggressively militaristic. Mm. And it really does argue in a state of perpetual, paranoid war. Because every time someone says, maybe we should act like we're not at war, maybe we should be... Focusing on peace, it's always no, we should always be paranoid and we should send warriors to everything. And if Adama is in charge and acting like a general, then we're fine. If anything else happens, it sucks. Except
0: they're always on bloody vacation. That's the thing that bugged me. It was like really militaristic whenever they were dealing with some sort of crisis but whenever they weren't in crisis mode, they're going to gambling planets and stuff. Yeah. It's like, they're, they're, right. ne- they're it's never just sort of crunch survival time for the Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. They're either flying around, blowing up ships and wasting resources, or they're going to, you know, gambling planets and wasting resources.
2: It's... <laughs> 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 Yeah, but I mean, like th- this was an episode where, mm. where uh, I mean, it was fun. Especially, you know, they rebuilt the Cylon, one of the, the Cylons, to to fly Baltar's fighter back to it, back to the Cylon mm. fleet. What's really what weird? What what it t- quite t- well. Hold it, on, it,
0: it takes. Uh, but of course, this takes. I got all the piss out of the Cylons for like this. Is the nail in the coffin. But, but we the hadn't Cylons. seen the Cylons. they're like the Cylons Romans and Asterix
1: comics at this point. They're just chattel. what's really fucking weird about this episode for me is they keep talking about oh we need to they need to get this Cylon so they can fly back to the Cylon fleet. Okay, so we need to rebuild this Cylon in order. to get back to them and they keep having all of these hollowed out pieces of silent armor saying oh man how are we going to fix it put the fucker on just put it put the hell put it on. on Dirk Benedict's head he'll get on the ship and they'll attack him I thought that was what they were leading to the whole time no. and they never went there it was stupid like, it was the most obvious solution to their I, problems, I think and they, they wanted, refused to
0: do it. They wanted to keep the mystique of the Cylons alive, and by having a guy be in the suit, you just look at the other guys, and you just see actors in suits after that. It just so, bothers
1: me when I can the outthink the heroes in a story. <laughs> that bothers me. They should be cooler than I am. Yeah, they should
2: be yeah, smarter than I am. They should
0: be
1: more capable yeah. than I am. Moving to the next
2: episode, Moving to I the I next episode is... Uh,
1: this is experiment,
0: the, experiment in terror. terror. I hate With, this episode. This
1: episode is so fucking stupid. And this is so where they,
0: they bring back uh, the... the of light. The ship of light yeah. and the the conceit that there's these sort of angelic beings on board but now we have this weird uh like tapestry from Star Trek the Next Generation episode where we have this kind of alternate like they shunt one of the For no reason, in, by the way, it never into matters. Into the body of another person who is in a distant place and we're not really mm. sure w- what time or space it is. And he never impersonates this person. He
1: always just yeah. tells him he's from outer space, so it's not important.
0: And we oh. never see what that guy looks like. And when my favorite bit is when the, the godlike being like sort of inducts uh, a Battlestar Galactic a character and he touches and it, them it and they turn white. Their, their, costume, their costume turns white. Gotta right. sell those action
2: figures. But this yeah. is the mm. Quantum Leap episode yes. of Battlestar Galactic.
1: Because this be- is the premise of Quantum Leap. Apollo mm-hmm. becomes Scott Bakula goes inside the body of someone else, has to deal with it, can't leave until he mm-hmm. saves the world. He's got a guy that only he can see with, who knows everything gets to mm-hmm. him to chomp on a cigar and talk who, about... Who, who yeah.
0: the, who's the actor uh, who plays the godlike character? Oh. It's the guy
1: he was, uh, the, uh, the guy. God- uh, from Night Rider, uh Mike Yes, he yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, was the he was the professor from Night Rider. Yeah, yeah. Um also Melody Anderson is in this movie, who would also be in the Glenn A. Larson show Manimal. Manimal and She was she, also in Flash Gordon, in Flash Gordon, and Gordon. And Dead yeah. and Buried. Uh but uh yeah, so this is the pilot mm. for Quantum Leap in space. And then about ten years later, Donald Belisario, who worked on this episode, mm. and he, he 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 created Quantum Leap. Edward Mojare. Mulher- <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
2: Edward plays yeah. the guy
1: who recruits a Starbuck yeah. and Apollo
2: to save Terra from the Eastern Alliance.
0: Yeah. The, the, and the it's only big dramatic stupid. reveal and the, the whole premise is kind of dumb and it's a little bit lost mm. and it's completely out of place but mm. it's just revealed that Terra isn't Earth. Definitely right. not which, Earth. Not which Earth. I, keep going. I, I think we need nothing a, to yeah. see here. Yeah. Yeah. Move, move along.
2: All right. Move it along to the second to the last episode which I believe is called Take, Take the, the Solestra, Celestra. Which is a good episode.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a really good episode. So there's a hero of the fleet who is getting a medal Mm -hmm. and it turns out that he has been running his ship the reason his ship has been so productive is because he's been running it like a slave Mm -hmm. driver everyone's been having like 20 hour shifts and it's again, again. they're all
0: ready to commit again, mutiny. A great show about protocol. The, about yes, how y- the character of the captain and how you run the ship. And, and the uh, and his uh, and subordinates
1: are rebelling. And yeah. so, yeah. like they at continue. first, it seems like oh no, there's a mutiny. This is terrible, and they're trying to stop them. But then they realize the mutineers are, in the are right, yeah. or at the very least, they're the aggrieved party. Some uh,
2: trivia: the uh, commander of the Celestra. Mm. Uh, he it's is played Paul by Paul Fix, yeah. who played Doctor Piper in the second pilot of Star Trek, where no man has gone before. Yay.
3: That's
0: right. He was Here also in Night of the Lepus. <laughs>
1: hey, we have IMDb.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, I just I, I know he was in Night of the Lepus. Yeah.
1: But uh, take the Celestia is actually a really good episode. Yeah. it's yeah, not really good. intense. It deals with an issue that kind of you can only kind of do on Battlestar this whole fleet dynamic and mutinies and and sort of the the difficulty in terms of maintaining the order and feeding everybody but also having to treat everyone humanely. This well, is something that, it, again, I think the new series did really, really well. When
0: you have a character like that, it kind of uh, casts a good light on Adama. We, we don't yeah. really know who he is as a commander until we get to see a, a, a different viewpoint. Yeah. And Same thing with Kane. To, to bring up Star Trek for the yeah. billionth time, there was a, an episode where uh, called Chain of Command where Picard was replaced on the bridge of the Enterprise. By a much meaner captain, and he actually realized what a pussycat Picard had been this whole time. Yeah. So even, even though he started out so stern, and I, I like that we have Adama now is this very egalitarian, this very diplomatic ruler who's mm-hmm. very gentle but like, uh, even when even when the Quorum it, of
1: Twelve says, oh, we I mean, need to go into civilian role, and everyone's like, this is a terrible idea, Adama's like, no, that's the way it should be. Yeah, yeah. That, that Yes, that this so, is, I mean, yeah, the, the there inter- comes with risks, but this is the right thing to
0: do. The introduction of this character enriches Adama.
1: Yeah, Lauren Green is yeah. really, really good on this show. He and, does and a tough the
0: back
2: story to this episode is that Starbuck uh, uh, sees across a crowded room during mm-hmm. a uh, military ceremony Aurora, who was his uh, girlfriend who he thought died in the uh, that's right. yeah. attack.
1: And it, it leads to a good conversation with Cassiopeia, who's been dating on off all of the Old time, but even though he's been romancing everyone else on the show, which is, uh, the, yeah, it's, we're it's just gonna been, have an open relationship. It's been
0: a will there, won't they? Yeah, but People they've been dating. This.
1: Like it, They basically just say, we're gonna have an open relationship. And that's <laughs> kind of progressive. <laughs> I think that's about it. Uh, and then the last episode of the show has oh. two things happening in it. Uh, One, uh, they up some Cylon shit. That literally doesn't matter and feels like a distraction. So the plot
0: is they okay. have a thing and they need to get a thing.
2: Okay, wait. yeah. The plot, okay. Mm. This is this is the hand of God. Mm. The episode is, the, it is the greatest, by far, mm. the best single part episode of the series <laughs> of Star Galactica. And it just Ooh. never it is, got a second part. First of all, here is what you have. You have a story that is all about character, about relationships, about redefining relationships between Starbuck and Cassiopeia, between Apollo and Sheba. You have, basically, you, you, you've established that it's been a while since we have seen the silence. Mm-hmm. Maybe we really left them behind. We're out into deep space now, far from the colonies. And wait, there is this star system we're coming up upon. Mm-hmm. There's like a bunch of planets. One of them looks like Jupiter. One of them looks like uh, uh, Neptune. Really? You know, one of them looks like, uh, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, we're barely picking up major planets, is what Colonel Ty. Oh, let's uh, let's uh, send a, uh, a... But they're also, and this is crucial, they're getting a signal. They're getting a signal. It's very staticky But they don't know how long the signal has been traveling around in space. Mm. Boomer can't really clean it up. But it's coming from the star system. So from the direction of the star system. So Starbuck, Apollo, and Sheba fly into the star system. And they're like, wow, look at these pretty planets. And Apollo is circling the ugly. uh, Starbuck is is circling the ugly planet. And he sees, for the first time Mm. in half the series.
1: A silent base
2: star. Coming up from, from behind this planet. Cool shot. Great shot, great moment of tension. We haven't seen these guys in a while. The Cylons (laughs) are back. The Cylon Mm -hmm. base star rises above the planet. Barely picks up some activity. Let's send some raiders uh, uh, in the direction and see if we can find anything. Mm -hmm. So now the Galactica has a a decision. Do they keep running? Do -hmm. they stay on the defensive? Or do do they attack? And Adama, he says... I'm tired of running. And Ty <laughs> says, Adama, I am too. Mm. So they they plan to attack the base star. Mm. Wouldn't it be great if we could knock out the defense screens from the inside so they won't see us coming uh, or they won't be able to, to defend themselves really? Mm. Well, the only way to do that is from the inside. The only person who knows the inside of the base star in the fleet, two people, definitely Baltar uh, a little bit Starbuck because he was taken prisoner in Lost Planet of the Gods. So I love they go back to they go back to uh, Baltar and he they, they strikes up a. I love that moment when when a Baltar is brought to Adama's quarters and Adama is studying the model that they use for the base star. And he goes, <laughs> well, "What do you want, Adama?" Clearly,
0: the prop from the show. It's yeah. a great. Yeah.
2: It's a great moment. Yeah. It's a great role reversal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Baltar takes the drink that that he's been offered, and he get, and he looks at Adama. And he goes, he goes, "What do you want, Adama?" He goes, "Information." And then Baltar goes, "They found you."
3: And then <laughs> Adama goes, <laughs>
2: Adama says, "We found them." Mm-hmm. The moment of confidence is disarming. To Baltar, he goes, "Well, it's the same thing, isn't it?" And Adama goes, "We're going to destroy them." With your help, we're going to put you on a planet called City Alpha 5. Where...
0: <laughs> it's, it's really lush. You'll love it. There. So you've this got, will
2: not
1: be bad later. You've got
2: all this going on. This is the quintessential episode of Galactica. This is what you're talking about. Making the most out of one hour instead of padding it out into two.
1: I'm going to throw this out here right now. Uh, Battlestar Galactica is a way better show when Scott is retelling it. <laughs> <laughs> because let me tell you something mm. all that stuff is in the show mm. you know what else is in the show mm. it's some padding like it that's the thing like it really does feel kind of dry mm. a lot this, of it this, this I think so I overall. think so. the incident is good I don't mm. think necessarily the way it's told I think sometimes it's very told mm. in a sort of stentorial kind of mm. fashion and I don't necessarily think it's as engaging as you're making it it's all on the page mm. okay, I don't always think
2: it plays it, but but see in this one okay in in the hand of god you have Okay, you know, we really haven't seen the silence for a while. If we knock out this base star, we could really Really, be free of them once and for all.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the other thing I will say about this episode. Speaking of which, oh, we haven't mm-hmm. seen sounds in a while. It was this. Is the episode. This is one of the reasons why I do love this episode. At uh, this episode, I realized we hadn't seen Boxy in nine episodes. <laughs> in he disappears season. in the second half of the series. Oh my god, he's he gone. gone. He's I don't school. even think they mention him like back at
0: He's gone. It's yeah. great. Yeah, he went, <laughs> no, he didn't. He went to Starfleet Academy. They
1: <laughs> no, no, no. They introduced Boxy. They introduced Boxy in the pilot of the Battlestar Galactica reboot. And if you listen to the commentary tracks, they said we made a huge Mistake. We had nothing to do with Boxy. So if anyone asks, between episodes like two and three, he died off camera of cholera. So I assume Boxy died of cholera and we all moved on. Right. So <laughs> it's a good episode. It's a great episode. And it ends, and it has a great ending, a great gotcha ending. But, where they but, all but left. But, and, but wait a minute. Before oh, we oh, get right. to the ending. Here, 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 here's,
0: right. here, let me tell you why this, this sort of thing disappoints me a little bit about oh, this particular episode. I know, I know. Uh, I, I just I hate joy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when people talk about the character of Spock, they talk about the the bits of humanity. They like to wait for Spock to break down. And, and I've always, always thought Spock was better when he doesn't, when he keeps his cool and shows how strong he can be. I think when we're constantly on the run from the Cylons and they're constantly a threat, they're stronger. When we finally fa- when the tension finally breaks, it's not as interesting. It's when Mulder and Scully finally kiss. Well what are you going to do after that? Mm. You know I feel like when you finally face off against the Cylons the series is out of ideas. But but you
2: you're 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 ending mm. you're coming full circle because yeah. you're ending where it started. Well we, oh, I mean, this time, we didn't know, you know we were
0: ending at the time is the thing.
2: But you're but you were mm. ending the season. You were yeah. ending the season. It turned mm. out to be the end of the series, mm-hmm. but you were ending the season and this really
0: could have I mean season 2 You know, sky was the limit. If they had destroyed destroyed the Cylons and they went on to season two and they were just going to encounter more newer things, that would have been fine. But when they finally break the tension, when they finally have to have this big confrontation... The big confrontation is not the interesting thing. It was always the struggle. It was always the run. It was always the, the constant need to stay one step. I ahead. do agree but, with that.
1: I uh, think I think that that ongo- thats what made *Battlestar Galactica* *Battlestar Galactica* mm-hmm. was that there was that ongoing tension. Was that they were always on the run. But here's an episode where mm-hmm. they decide, you know what? Fuck this. I'm well, tired of running.
2: <laughs> and that's the kind and of they go and there's so, there's so, mm-hmm. there's something empowering. It's like finally Adama grows a pair of balls and he's going to attack the goddamn Cylons. <laughs> but wait a minute, thank <laughs> you. But that, got... that kind of betrays his character. When, though, but, when, when, when Starbuck and Apollo mm. I love when they when when, uh, when he goes and they're, they're taken off in Baltar's uh, fighter mm. and uh, Cylon Raider and he goes uh, I, you know how to fight a sting?" and Starbuck goes I thought you did <laughs> you
1: know? that's a fun I, bit it's a, good yeah, it's it's a fun bit be- what I think is interesting is that I think this episode plays really differently as a series finale than it does as a season finale yeah, as a season sure. finale we have the big reveal which we'll talk about in one second mm. uh, and then we have an episode in which they fight a Cylon base star mm. and on some level that is what happens as a series finale, all of that you're talking about, where they're going to take the fight back, they're going to get back on top, it's a little more satisfying if you think this is the end,
3: mm. because yeah.
1: on top of that, okay, and Earth, and then we also find out—only the audience finds out—they mm. miss it. Wait a minute, no, no. When right, I first talk about yes, we what we find out. What Earth is, so you mm. tell me. Okay, now yeah. when I first saw this episode in
2: 1979, the show mm. had already been canceled. Mm. The show was canceled because, while it did well in the ratings, it didn't do as well as the first few episodes did because mm-hmm. of all the hype. Mm-hmm. And it
1: was a very expensive show for ABC to produce. And did it didn't have Lost Syndrome? Wasn't it sort of sporadically presented like it missed a couple of weeks here and there and it, uh, yeah, a yeah, yeah. remember yeah. that. I remember yeah.
2: that. but when I was watching this episode I knew that the show had been cancelled. So when you get to the moment, okay, you know, Starbuck and Apollo knock out the screens and and the, the Galactic is able to attack the the, the base star and they had the advantage and uh, you know they 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 they, they they mm. escape in the Raider, and they're 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 flying back. And Boomer says, "Don't shoot them; they're waggling." And so they're back on the Galactica. And this is the moment I remember specifically. While watching this episode, I still have this vivid memory because I was also a, a space nut in terms of the Apollo missions and all mm. that. So I'm watching this episode, and Starbucks and Apollo are back mm. in the uh, uh, the chamber at the top of the Galactica, where they're mm. where they're you know Apollo was looking for the signal. And they're not getting it. And he goes, come on, Apollo, let's go. They're going to give us a medal,
3: mm-hmm. you know.
2: So as they're leaving, Starbuck sort of bumps into the control panel with his uh, blaster. Mm-hmm. And he hits a button that, that they hadn't been using. So they leave. And then the camera pans. And as the camera pans back to the monitor, you were hearing you were hearing, hearing Neil Armstrong's descent onto the moon mm-hmm. in the Eagle for Apollo 11. And then you see the monitor. You see the lamb picket, kick, kicking up the dust. Mm. And then you see the lunar module. Tranquility base here. Mm. The eagle has landed. i getting chills just talking about this moment. It's a well good moment. It's a very well-put-together moment. what they were looking for. And, like, and, oh and my my the God. audience finally knows what the hell Earth is. Yeah. But dude, th- yeah. did they miss it. Is this, uh, are they, is this our solar system? Mm. Like, yeah. are they, you know. Did like, they just save
1: us from the Cylons? We just
2: saw Jupiter, you know, when when, mm. when Apollo yeah. was. There was, was
1: a base star in our in our solar system, you know, and they blew it up. And they blew up a base star in our solar system. Yeah. Apollo was, it was orbiting Jupiter. He goes,
2: first planet's a giant. Boy, it sure is pretty. Mm. It's Jupiter. <laughs> yeah, in our solar system. But maybe they're not. Maybe this is what Boomer said, mm. and it was, uh, uh, mm. uh uh, a, a signal that uh, is, uh, could be intergalactic. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? But, but when you see that very vivid, clear image, no more static, of Apollo 11, mm-hmm. and I went, oh
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: oh no. And they're never going to make it. it home. And then, and, and, you know, and then uh, Catherine Trammell, turns out she had the ice pick the whole time, and they will never know. And, and Janeway
0: uh, from the future was able to help the Janeway in the past. And Lockhart.
2: Uh, I've heard her speak a few times at, at sci-fi conventions about this particular episode mm-hmm. because she, and, and referencing other writers and producers and the other actors on the show, she said, when we got to the hand of God and we thought that, you know, when we were filming the hand of God, we thought that we would get renewed. Mm-hmm. And we thought, wow, this episode really does have it all. If the second season sort of picks up where this episode left off, we could really hit our
1: stride in the second season and it mm-hmm. never happened. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, That was the end of Battlestar Galactica, but the story didn't end there. Now, normally our rule on Cancel Too Soon is one season or less. Yeah. That's it. Very strict. No no
0: follow-up As simple as
1: we could possibly make it. But we decided after some debate, and we had some letters from our listeners. uh, As to whether or not this counts. As to whether or not this counts. And we decided that I think if a spin-off can count as a one-season wonder, Mm. if it's a spin-off of a one-season show, that should also count. Mm. So this is a rare instance in which there's a follow up. <laughs> the Battlestar Galactica was canceled. There was a successful letter writing campaign yeah. to bring it back, but they didn't bring back Battlestar Galactica. No, they if they would brought back Battlestar Galactica for a season two, mm. that would make it in, that would that would disqualify it, and we couldn't yeah. cover it. ABC and Universal, but ABC f- blew it, fucked it hard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Battlestar Galactica first. Let's answer the question: Was it canceled too soon?
1: I would, actually, yeah. I would actually argue uh, it was not canceled too soon, and the reason why okay. isn't because it's a bad show. I think it's a somewhat stodgy show sometimes, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes there are episodes that I wanted to love, but I thought they were not very well presented. But I think, I'm really glad there was only one season of Battlestar, because with, if there wasn't, the reboot probably wouldn't have happened the way it did. Well, I think it's one of the best things no, that's ever so had to Well
0: oh, Okay, so, but imagine, imagine you have five seasons of this original show, it hits its stride in the second season, it yep. gets to be one of the great sci-fi series of all Of times. all time. Would you take that over the reboot? Well, would, you the, would you erase the, the from reboot? The reboot means
1: so much to me, <laughs> yeah, and I respect you. the reboot I'm for taking you. every. Here is what they did: mm-hmm. they took every great idea and made it the focus of the show. They took every good idea and made it great. They took every bad idea and they kicked it in the face, shot it, buried it in a hole where no one could ever see it again, <laughs> next to Boxy.
0: If if they had done that, if, <laughs> if they had done that in the year nineteen eighty, rather than in the year two thousand three or whatever when, it came out. Winnie, mean, if if Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm had continued
2: the way it was, it, with the direction that it was going
3: mm-hmm. with
2: the hand of God, I mean, Universal would have had its Star Trek. ABC would have had its Star Trek. Mm. No, and hopefully. regardless, regardless of whether the show lasted one season, had a bad spinoff, or lasted five great seasons, mm-hmm. I still think, I would like to think the reboot would have happened regardless, because with every show having a reboot, mm-hmm. I mean but following here's what I think. Fo- wait, following following Battlestar Galactica with Galactica nineteen eighty, I mean that's as preposterous as following the original Star Trek with the first season of The Next Generation. I mean yeah, it, uh, but that
1: actually happened. Yeah, but, <laughs> no, but <that's>, that <laughs> no that's but that show hit its stride. But, but here's what but, but I disagree with that and here's 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 what I'll 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 say about that. If it had continued it would have found its footing. It would have defined itself. It yep. would have been so ingrained in the consciousness that the reboot would have been forced to be faithful to that and not find its own way. Mm. And I think what they did was they took something that was had a lot of good ideas, was kind of half-formed, and they made their own deal out of it. So I, it's an odd choice, I realize, but that's mm-hmm. where I'm going with it. Clearly you guys thought this was canceled too well, soon. I, I think it was absolutely
0: canceled uh, too soon. Okay. Because, yeah. because it, Ricardo Sola... Give me at um, least one more season of this. That'd yeah, be great. I'm good.
2: No, I I, I feel good. like I feel like, but the way, but with the, with the expectations that 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 Battlestar Galactica had to be television's version of Star Wars, mm-hmm. with the the lawsuit that happened between Fox mm-hmm. and Universal over the being a Star Wars ripoff and oh. stealing ideas, and this was another thing, this was another thing. I remember when this happened. This was a very very big deal. The little. Models, the the toys that they made for the merchandising for Battlestar Galactica, the Viper came with a little thing at the tip the tip of it where you fired a little missile from the oh, Viper. yeah, that was cool. And but at that time, when Galactica was really taking off, so to speak, this little kid shot the missile into his mouth choked yeah, on this story and died oh, yeah. Yeah. so there was so, a much, nightmare. there was so much there was so much unfortunately bad press for
1: Galactica oh Isaac Asimov that, spoke out against this show do you remember that no I don't oh, know oh here's a quote I wrote it down it was really good right. Isaac Asimov said Star Wars was fun and I enjoyed it Battlestar Galactica was Star Wars all over again and I couldn't enjoy it without amnesia Wow. Yeah, yeah, people were not all high on this show. No, they weren't. That, so, uh, uh, for better or worse. Now, we will get to Galactica 1980 in next week's mm. exciting conclusion. To yeah. this two-part yeah. episode, <laughs> I'll <laughs> cancel too soon. And, uh, I just once I like to see a not exciting conclusion, like on this on the exciting conclusion, oh, well, on the mediocre conclusion of Experiment in Terra or well, whatever. Like, I mean, watch, watch,
0: watch most two-part episodes; they're and always they're an always exciting conclusion. It, well, it's always great setup and great cliffhanger and kind of a yeah. disappointing well, payoff. Well, then, yeah.
1: then this will be great because we're going to do Galactica 1980 next week. Scott, will you be joining us? Uh, I sure hope so. Okay, Ske- if not, we will have to do it without you. Scheduled meeting, Scott. We'll, we'll join yeah. us again. Tease us. Because I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I'm doing that this week. Oh, God. Give us, give us the pitch for uh, Galactica 1980. Okay. so here's the pitch for Galactica 1980. The Galactica discovers
2: Earth in 1980. So take everything that really worked about Galactica, the production design, the production mm. values, strong, dynamic characters, stories that were mature, mostly mature. Mm. Uh, you know, you had some that weren't. Take all that away, basically. <laughs> Put Duke Galactica on a much lower budget. Mm. Recast the characters with lookalikes that are not as interesting <laughs> as the original characters. Make the show an educational children's show where every episode you learn something. The kids learn something by watching it. Oh, my God, I can't and wait. And that's what Galactica 1980
1: I saw is. one preview wow. for Galactica 1980 in which I think there was a Little League team with superpowers? Yes. yes nice!
0: Yes, well... The the only... How how could this possibly be a disappointment? (laughs) Well... You're describing gold. The only... The only thing, ladies
2: and gentlemen, Mm -hmm. that makes Galactic in 1980 worth anything is the final episode of that show. Because the final episode of Galactic in 1980, not only... mm -hmm. I'm not going to say what happened... Don't ruin it. Because we haven't seen it yet. I'm just going to say the final episode of Galactic in 1980 is not only the best episode by far of Galactica 1980, it is also Battlestar Galactica's finest hour period.
0: Hmm. Bold statements. I mean, like, you take
2: the last episode of Galactica 1980 you take that last episode of 1980, stack it up with the best
1: episodes of Battlestar Galactica and it towers over them. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we will be talking about that next week. You're welcome to join us. Of course, we are on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Please subscribe. Leave us a review. Uh, we're on Twitter at CancelCast. I'm at William
0: Bibbiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. Scott,
2: where are you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me at MovieMance and I'm very, very curious to know what Cancel Too Soon listeners think of the show, the 50th show, the 50th <laughs> Canceled too soon. I mean, this is a milestone. I've been bucking you with screenings
1: for like I feel like Thank years. Yeah. And, and, Can we please do, do Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica? Yeah, and we had to talk about it. We I did think, not. We took this one seriously. We did you not just decide this once.
0: It. And you didn't even introduce yourself. You didn't say hello. I think you, the first word out of your mouth was <laughs> Battlestar. So we decided like, to okay. commit. It on Slack. We did it. We had, a, we con- we had it. a conversation. The only word any of us said was Battlestar, and we we made this happen. We uh. hope you enjoyed
1: this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, if you've listened to our other episodes, mm-hmm. we are on. Patreon now, and it's really cool. We That's right. Your- We have uh, different tiers of monthly contributions, and for those contributions, you get bonus episodes of the podcast, exclusive videos, merch, Google Hangouts. You get to contribute uh, to polls in which you help us decide one of our next episodes for the upcoming month. Uh, We have a sort of a gift club in which we're going to send you cool stuff. We're going to get started on that at the end of June.
0: isn't that fun?
1: We're going to start it off at the end of June. We want to make sure people have time to sign up for it Mm -hmm. so that we can send you the cool stuff. That's why we haven't started that one yet. Uh, there's a lot of fun we're having over there, and all of your support really helps us out a lot. We have a lot of subscribers already. You guys are great,
0: Dago. Every but single one of you is wonderful. Thank the, you. The first gift club is mine. Yes, I get I get to choose the stuff we're sending our fans. Yes, and it's it's going to be a surprise, but you won't be disappointed. It's
1: going to be fun, and then we're going to have a Google Hangout with all those fans. We're going to talk about all the stuff that Whitney sent you. It's going to be a lot of fun.
2: And I just want to say, in parting, hmm. you know, I've known both you guys for a few years now, yeah, and yeah. I got to say that that you're not just peers and colleagues your friends and yes. I'm proud to have you both as my friends and thank no you for having me come, come on the B-movies podcast
1: and thank you for having me on Cancel Tuesday. Thank sir. you so thank much. Thank you for
0: coming, sir. You're, yes, you're, sir. You, you come in here, you slum with us and you class up for joy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And if we ever ever, uh, fight you on the schmoedown, I promise I won't take it easy on you. (laughs) I'm I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. (laughs) Good time. So, everybody, thank you very, very much for listening. We'll be back next week with Galactica 1980. And that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We have an email. You can email us at (laughs) soon at gmail.com. soon at gmail.com. And that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season.